0: Welcome back to the Cinefessions podcast. This is episode 136, and my name is Brandon Shawin. Joining me this evening, we have Ash Collins. Ash, how's everything tonight? Splendid. Excellent. We have Mark Nadeau. Mark, how are you feeling?
1: Good. I'm not fourth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Speaking of fourth, certainly not la- uh, last but certainly not least, we have a very special guest joining us for the first time to, uh, ever on the Fashions podcast. We have Mark's uh, fiance. We have Melissa. Melissa, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks. Excited to be here. And it's my first podcast ever. So,
0: that's awesome. Well, I'm glad we could be here for it. So I am. Be- I am so sorry you chose us to be your first. So so sorry. Well,
2: at least I can no. say Mark wasn't my first. So there's that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> what? That's very true. Absolutely right. So what? Melissa, be- before we get started, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe your your genre, background, anything. Really, just let us get to know you a little bit.
2: So I think the key things to know about me are that I kind of grew up in a cave. So my genre background is somewhat limited to what I would have had access to, which was very little, though I do love horror and generally like more spooky, like The Exorcist, things like that, that will actually, like to me, raise as a Catholic kid, really freak me out. Um, I'm a, I work for the federal government in Canada, and I also am a burlesque performer. So yeah, and also I'm engaged to that dude, Mark, so.
0: What? Yes. I, Mark, Mark may or may not know that, but but that's exciting. So that's awesome. Well, we're really excited to have you as a part of the show, and um, I, I'm I second mean, guessing
1: things right now. I, I'm really <laughs> second guessing things.
0: Oh man. Are you kidding? It's going to be – once the baby comes, I'm not going to be anywhere to be found. It's going to be you three taking over. So I'm excited that we at least have one wait, episode all together. Well, oh, for a second so, there, I thought
2: what? you <laughs> meant I was pregnant. That is not
0: <laughs> What? What? I don't know. If you have something you want to announce on the podcast, I would be more than happy to hear about it. But uh, <laughs> otherwise...
1: I'm so happy I'm sitting down right now.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So – Tonight, we are going to be wrapping up our summer sequels 2018 arc with a review of The Strangers, Prey at Night, which released earlier this year in 2018. And if you missed our review of the first film during our Home Invasion arc, check out episode 72 to hear our thoughts on that one before you listen to our thoughts on the sequel, if you so desire. Before we do that, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter Twitter. Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at And you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the upcoming show at 1 448 TALK. That's 1 448 8255. You can also check out our long list of past media reviews and all 136 podcast episodes right on over at cinefessions.com. And also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Tell your friends about the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever you're listening to us, just leave us a review there because that helps us grow. Uh, specifically, those Apple Podcast reviews are essential to helping any podcast grow. So we really appreciate you guys leaving a review there and for telling your friends about the show so that maybe they can listen in. And if they like what they hear, who knows? Maybe they'll come back week to week like you do. So we thank you guys for both of those. So before we kind of jump into our week in media, I just going to talk about this just for a second. Um, Mark, because I know you talked about it on the podcast, how you specifically signed up for Amazon Prime US because of the uh, the 20% discount and, and they were just better prices and everything. So I'm reading today, Amazon Prime is no longer offering that 20% off um, incentive for pre-orders. So instead now you're getting a $10 credit that you can use toward a per- future purchase. What are your thoughts on that? Are you okay with this? Or are you pissed off?
1: No, I'm pissed off because I okay. have Amazon Prime Canada and I'm letting that run out because I sent them to Amazon Prime US because in Canada, they dropped the 20 down to 10%. And in some in oh. the instances, there is no discount at all. So, mm. with, the, uh, so with the lack of discounts, um, and I like to pre-order games, especially after E3, because for some reason, um, they're so cheap. Um. Yeah. So I bought the Amazon Prime US. Now it's month to month. But the thing is, is I've got quite a few pre-orders, and if I cancel Amazon Prime, I don't. I lose that twenty percent. So, um uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a bombshell. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I guess I'll just have to see what exactly I've got pre-ordered and if it's worth the twenty percent. Because now, if if I'm paying twelve ninety nine a month for it, I'm not getting much of a. A usage out of it and plus i don't really watch amazon prime for maybe one or two tv shows so uh i might cancel prime altogether we'll see yeah, I I'll, I'll have to think about it
0: i didn't realize you were doing month to month that just that gets pricey at, at 12.99 a month
1: <laughs> yeah well i wasn't sure exactly what i was gonna do and at the same time i am buying a lot on amazon mm-hmm. and especially in the states because when i've got the us p.o box and the deals are so much better than in canada like even yeah. without you know a, a discount they're so much better even with the exchange rate and with the gas i'm spending to drive to the u.s plus the tolls i'm paying to cross a stupid bridge uh you know so <laughs> yeah um i'm gonna have to rethink things a bit mm-hmm. um i you might know t- what it
3: is what they, they heard about mark's little uh russian friend oh <laughs>
1: dude i got hooked up good oh, i got hooked man. up real good Oh, yeah, excellent. I have well, stuff now for next that. week, and uh, awesome. yeah, let's just say I want a little 4K crazy at 20 bucks a pop Canadian. So, oh, there uh, you go, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, some I uh, Avengers 3 in my uh, in my near future, very happy excellent. with that. Excellent, and I'm already awesome. on a uh, I'm also on the pre order, or I guess the wait list for Deadpool 2, it comes out this Tuesday. Or I oh, guess the okay. last wait. Uh, this comes out next. Oh, Monday. here we go. No, it comes out tomorrow. Deadpool two comes out <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> this so is the best
0: part of the podcast, Melissa. Is Mark trying to figure out <laughs> what a day is, whether it's before <laughs> or after the podcast releases?
3: <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I did uh... you guys did you guys catch the mock-ups for Deadpool two that they released for the other movies? Uh, no, our, our our Walmart had them. No, they had like mockups of Deadpool uh, starring in other movies. So but it was like Uh-oh. the other movie. So like you could get Logan, but instead of Lara's hand holding Logan's hand, they had the little mini Deadpool hand from when the first movie when he cuts his hand off and it's growing back. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, okay. And then like they had like a Jaws one. Uh, well, maybe it wasn't Jaws, maybe it was like it was one of the other shark movies. Might have been Deep Blue Sea or something like that. But okay. on the back it had Deadpool like lounging in a chair and they're like, "Well, I'm not in this movie, but I wish I was. You know, <laughs> and they're like this movie. This this actually contains you know this movie, and it goes. They tell you which one they contain. Yeah, they had Fight Club and a
1: whole bunch of other shit. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's some good great. marketing because some people actually collect you know these different slipcases and, and editions right. of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's it's kind of smart, but you know, I wouldn't run out and, and triple dip just for the Deadpool cover myself. I, Even yeah, I have yeah. limits.
2: I saw ads for it on Believe Facebook it like that, but I not nothing out. In-
1: yeah. That's really that's
0: really cool though. I've not seen that, but excellent. Yeah, Bridget actually just um, cuz our prime ran out a couple weeks ago and Bridget had got like a little discount from through work and so we ended up re upping it. Um but I haven't been buying too many games. And actually uh the only game I have pre-order right now is uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World and yes. I think I might be canceling the pre-order just cuz I don't really want to spend like the 40 40- three bucks or whatever it is right now. Um, so I might be p- canceling that one, but oh, it's we'll six,
1: see. it's 60 Canadian plus tax. Like I've got a yeah, as well crazy. and it comes out on the 28th. So yep, uh, next week. Yeah. So I'm really excited for it. And I've seen some guys on Twitch play it already and uh, mm-hmm. it looks like so much fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll be spending quite a few hours doing that. So.
0: Right. If you ever get rid of um, darkest dungeon, that is.
1: Oh dude, I think I've decided today I'm going to take a hiatus of darkest dungeon. Because oh, good for you. It's good for well, you. Well, you know, wait, what,
3: wait. He's still playing Darkest Dungeon? Yeah. No. Yeah, he talks about no. it
1: every episode. Yeah. He's still going. I have three Darkest Dungeon runs to go, but the thing is I need a specific <laughs> character, so I gotta level him up. But halfway through the level up, he fucking dies all the time. So I gotta start <laughs> over again. And it's at a it's at a point where I'm not having fun anymore. So I thought right. maybe if I took a step back, play mm-hmm. some Odyssey. I'm gonna do some golf story and then maybe come back to revisit it, you know? Yeah. There you but go. uh I have had my money's worth, I'll be honest. Like I've played oh, well, the yeah. fuck out of it. Yeah. Absolutely But yes, I'm still playing it and it's it's it feels more like a chore now, so I think I need right. a breather.
0: <laughs> right. Oh man. All right. So Ash,
3: what has been going on in your world of media these past few weeks? What's, well well first off. Like talk about yeah, first off, I'm in a new house. This is my first podcast from our new house. Yay! Cool. I, the acoustics I, I are can really tell good. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly.
0: It sounds like it, so that's great.
3: Well, it'll probably get a little better after the uh, after we actually have something on the walls and stuff like that. No, But yeah, yeah. huge, huge fucking house. Uh, but if good. anybody's interested, I still have a second home for sale in lovely Northwest Ohio for a lovely low price. You know, call into the podcast and... <laughs> You know, Absolutely. if you are interested, please, you know, buy my house—the old one. I, I really, really need you to. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, I thought you'd sold that one already. Yeah. I can't. Believe no, it. Man. no, no, nope. Yeah, I, uh, I went. Yeah, what's that wow. line in in Ghostbusters? Everybody has a second mortgage these days. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, so, yeah, at least my yeah, at least mine is for a house instead of you know a, a ghost busting <laughs> right. facility, but exactly. you know. <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, no, um, I've been driving, uh, let's see, the last couple of weeks I've been driving my wife, or since the last podcast, it's been a little while, but we moved, um, and I've been driving my wife nuts. Uh, I finished Clone Wars, uh, watched Star Wars Episode 3, and then I've started into Star Wars Rebels, and I'm three seasons, like, two and a half seasons into it, so I've got one and a okay. half seasons to go. Uh, and then I can watch Rogue One, and then the original trilogy and and uh, up through the new ones. Um, awesome. Yeah. I'm going to pass on Han Solo on Solo Star Wars story. I've already seen it in theaters, so which mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but uh, it's not on a video yet, so I, and I don't know exactly if it's like before rebels or after rebels or during rebels. Yeah. You know, well, okay. actually it would be it would be pretty much way before rebels, I think. But yeah. But so I'm skipping Solo this outing. Um so um, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I am, I'm actually into episodes of rebels. I hadn't seen yet and they're getting even better. Um, I really like the ties to the clone wars. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, like the little nods back to the, to the first show. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Diana, Diana had a movie house of secrets on in the background and I was half watching it and she put it on because she thought it was going to be like a ghost movie and it's on, it's on Netflix. Um, and it turns out that this just like the crazy old crazy old neighbor lady is like homicidal and shit um type of movie uh but it was surprisingly well done it wasn't bad it's just we were expecting ghost movie and instead we have crazy old lady you know crazy old homicidal lady so it's okay. a little different <laughs> gotcha i've not heard of that one
1: no yeah. me either uh
3: but yeah so that one that one's kind of fun um but yeah just it's been a lot of work, been a lot of moving, and uh yeah, I'm happy to be in my new house. So, right, I, awesome. Well, I congratulations!
0: Am. That's really cool. Thank I'm you. Glad you guys are finally where you where you want to be. So,
3: yeah, yeah, and the the twenty to twenty five minute commute to work is and home is much nicer than the yeah. fifty three minute to hour and a half you know commute to work. So. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Hmm, excellent. Very good. So yeah, so uh, for myself, I'll, I'll jump in here real quick. Um, I, uh, I'll i start with what I've been reading, I guess. I posted uh, a review on Instagram of Wonder Woman Volume 1 Blood, which was from like the new 52 run way back when now. Um, so you can check out kind of more thoughts on there. But basically, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It was just kind of blah for lack of a better word Um, and it just wasn't it didn't feel like a really great introduction to that run so I'm not going to be continuing on that one Um, but I I love Wonder Woman so much in the film in the films I should say and so like I really want to get into her character in the comic books and so I'm thinking I might try Rebirth next Um, I do have an older run which is written by Perez I believe who I think is like one of the more famous Wonder Woman writers out there um but i ha- and i haven't read mm-hmm. that one yet so i could read that one as well um but yeah so that was uh, wonder woman volume 1 blood not a huge fan of that one
3: um i um if you can find any of gail simone's run um uh, oh, you okay. might like that too yeah she's gail is awesome writer and i yeah her her takes on the female characters are fantastic so
0: yeah you know i know her and i have heard that she's great but i don't know that i've ever read anything by her so i'll have to check that out
3: um, the, the first launch of the new 52 Batgirl, uh, she was on that for like the first, like two oh, okay. and a half years or three years or something like that. I think it was two years, two years. Um, cool. and then she's done a lot of like, did she she, did, do- she basically defined like the birds of prey comic back in the early aughts, uh, when okay. that was going on. Um, and like, you know, yeah. So she's, she's pretty, been pretty heavily involved in the, on that end of it. And she's writing, Uh, domino for marvel right now
0: oh okay i don't know that one i guess but interesting um yeah so i gotta gotta find some more from her but uh so reading wise of course audiobook wise is what i say when i say reading wise um i did finish we are legion we are bob by E. taylor and i absolutely loved it. it gave that one four stars it was like i said last time just the perfect blend of of comedy and Sci-fi nerdery. It was it was hilarious. It was so good. Uh, then I ended up switching to a true crime book, which I've mentioned here before that, you know, I've always been interested. True crime fascinates me. And so that's why I'm always into all those docu-series. Um, but this one was called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. And it's by Michelle McNamara. Now... This one, this is a, a pretty popular true crime book uh, since it came since it came out, and it was actually on Scribd, which I belong to. And um,
1: yeah, that was uh, Patton Oswalt's uh, wife, right, who wrote yeah, that book exactly. before she passed I, away.
0: Literally, no idea. That's who it was. I knew I've heard about Patton Patton Oswald's wife passing away because then I know he like got married or something a couple months later, and it was <laughs> people were up in a huss, huff about it. But ah, fuck um, him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I didn't know who his wife was. And had no idea that this was her book when I started it. It wasn't until the introduction when I, when I realized, oh, this is, this is who this is. It's Patton uh, Oswalt's um, wife who passed away. So, yeah, this was published after she, after she died, about two years after she died, I believe. Um, and it was actually released before because obviously now the Golden State Killer has been caught and um, is in prison now. But because um,
1: of her book, that's the thing. That's what's so cool about this is that this guy was at large mm-hmm. and it's because of her hard work that yes. pointed law enforcement in the right direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. She she definitely Although helped with that. Although they deny it. Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. Hey, they yeah, still haven't but...
1: solved the Tupac Biggie Smalls murders yet, so <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, it this was a fascinating book. Like I, I love it. Her writing style when she's doing the writing, you can tell because it's it's so well written. Um and just the whole the fact that this fucker got away with like f- whatever it was like 50 plus rapes like i think i can't remember it was like 10 plus murders i think like it's just insane to me that he was not caught um but it just shows how far technology has come like, obviously if this guy was doing what he was doing today what he was doing then uh he he would have been caught probably after his first or second attempt you know uh hopefully but
1: and, it, and it's, it's all thanks to apple crazy. computers right apple <laughs>
0: Thank God for 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 uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he gave her the tools so that she could exactly. solve these murders and rapes. That's
0: right. Yeah, but that that was fantastic. Um, the third part of it, the kind of like the ending of it, is compiled or is is written from like her two. I don't don't know what the word I'm like, not co-conspirators, but um, like co-authors, basically people that Mm -hmm. were helping her research this. Um, And so like the the, the tone shifts a little bit toward the end because it's not written by the same person. So I can understand that. Um, And even the rest of it is kind of cobbled together by articles that she'd written about this previously, notes she'd taken. And then, of course, you know, this was what she was working on before she died. And so obviously she'd written parts. um, But a lot of it's just like all cobbled together to make a whole. um, And it's a fascinating story. It's, It's crazy. Uh, I gave that one three and a half out of four stars. I really liked that one, kind of got my itch going for true crime again. So I really wanted to, my next one, I'm not sure what I I want it to be, but probably something true crime. Um, And then from there, I decided to start on my first full Stephen King. Um, I mentioned probably a month or month and a half ago back that I read um, Running Man, which technically it yep. you know is Stephen King but it's not it's Bachman. Ah, the Bachman um, books. Yes. yes. And so this was my uh, first official full Stephen King and it was Pet Cemetery. Um oh, good and that's
1: hilarious. That was my first book as well.
0: I read that. Oh, really? Grade five.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in yeah. grade, I was in grade 6 when I read that.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know it it's yeah, a very I read, I read that one. in like 5th grade too, I think actually, and then I read it for 6th grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I might be the minority. I don't know, but I posted my full review on cinephiles.com, so you can check it out there. But um, in general, you know, I I really liked the first kind of two thirds of it, and then the, the final third I just thought just dragged on more than it needed to. Um, well, I, I'm I'm quite familiar with the film um, mm-hmm. before I, I've read the book, and so the fa- like I don't want to get spoiled, but like kind of the climax of the 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 big moment of the book and the movie it comes so much quicker in the film obviously you're taking a the audiobook was like 16 hours or something you're condensing that down to less than two hours but yeah. it just felt so long to get there so much shit happened before you finally get to the, the bad I guess um, and it just felt it got a little slow I mean I, I think I mentioned it in my review but at one point like we're spending like the, it was a chapter, but in the audiobook it was like 30 minutes of him literally entering and exiting a cemetery. And it's just like, my God, like this is – it's just long. Like he's being – Steve was – it felt like King was being long-winded when he didn't need to be. And it kind of mm-hmm. took some of the tension out of it for me. Um, but I still – like it's a good book. Definitely, you know, not my favorite horror book by any stretch. Um, and I really – I like King's writing style. I, I just felt like this one was a little wordier than it needed to be. Yeah. And so – that said, I do want to check out more of his work, but so I gave this one two and a half out of four. I think I gave it like three out of five. Um, what What did you guys think of Pet Cemetery? Is this Is this one that you guys love or or not so much?
1: Uh, Pet Cemetery, yeah, I, I've got a fond recollection of it just because I did read it young, and it was my first King. Uh, so I maybe it's on a higher pedestal than it might or that it should be. Um, uh, yeah. but, uh, I remember really liking it. Like, it's, it's good enough that they're doing a second film on based on it, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. they're filming the, uh, I guess a remake right now with John Lithgow. Um, so, right, uh, right. yeah, I, I, I liked it. It's, it's not my favorite king, but I thought it was a great starting point.
2: I don't okay. think that um, whether or not a sequel or a remake is being done is an indication of whether or not something is just that Hollywood lacks ideas. But I remember, I think oh. I'm probably with you, Brent. <laughs> I put down, I recall yeah. putting down the book a lot when I was reading it. And generally, like, I consume books. Like, I'll generally read something in two to three days of that size. And I was mm-hmm. putting it down a lot. And I remember it taking a while for me to get through. But Carrie was my first. So very okay. different. It was also interesting yeah. to read a man's perspective on periods. I'm really glad that was man to me at that age.
1: Well, <laughs> I think <laughs> this should be
2: I – I, I think to... it's
1: best suited that it's always at the end of a sentence. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I think there should be one oh. at the end of every sentence. Oh, man. It, it makes for a moist book. Oh jeez! Wow. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't eaten yet today. Okay, and I'm drinking beer. Clearly, so I'm clearly. sorry, I'm not funny for you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. So Ash, is this is this one of your favorite kings?
3: <laughs> um, I liked Pet Cemetery. I actually like the movie more than I like the book. Um, oh yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, I I I think. I think just from what I've read of King, I think uh just based on what you said, I think you might like Needful Things. Um both oh, the book okay. and the movie are pretty good, but the book is a lot more interesting I thought. Um if he, you know, cuz they they never released the extended version of Needful Things to to video. It was only on like TNT or some shit like that uh, okay. way back when. Yeah. Um but yeah, Needful Things is a good one. Um the the stand is uh is phenomenal agree um,
2: agree hard agree the stand is amazing yeah okay.
3: <laughs> um and the other one you might like uh is um well you might like it but i i think you might want to wait and t- um uh, for the other part of the movie to come out or something yeah i was thinking that the other one you might really like is christine christine is fantastic yeah okay and the, I love the, the, film. And the movie adaptation I love the movie, of so. christine is equally as good so yeah, yeah
1: i tried uh, rereading it last year when this uh i guess when the remake came out and yeah, uh that. it was pretty hard i never finished it it was that bad and i remember liking mm-hmm. it as a kid i agree with the stand but i think one of my favorites had to be um um oh shit what's the one with the vampire um uh salem's uh, lot salem's lot yeah i loved salem's lot and of course misery okay. but you know misery's uh a pretty sweet film On top of it being a good book. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gerald's
3: game isn't too bad, but it's not one I'd recommend. I think I I I would go with some of his
1: other ones. I own that, but I've never watched it or I've never uh, read it.
0: Yeah. I did not like the movie, and like, there's things about the movie I didn't like enough that I'm not going to read the book just because it made me uncomfortable. I just didn't.
1: I just didn't like it. Yeah, it's funny. I haven't watched any of these Stephen King adaptations yet. So there's a, there's a one in the fields, I think called, called 22 and Gerald's Game. I still haven't watched. And I think there's a third film coming out soon. And oh, okay. the my uh, I can't think of the title right now, but I think it's coming out really soon.
0: I don't know which one that is, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I'll, I'll yeah. see if I can look it up while you guys keep talking. Um,
0: Yeah, I I'd really want to do The Shining. Oh, speaking Obviously, of Stephen I King,
1: the... though. Yes, yeah. Guess what got announced today, which for our listeners will be last Tuesday um, yeah. or last Monday, uh, Monday Maximum right. Overdrive is the next Vestron oh. video release.
3: Yes, what? I saw that.
1: Yeah. So. Shut
3: the front door. Yeah.
1: It has not been released on Blu ray yet. I have a DVD that, version of it.
3: Th- that, that will be worth owning just for Stephen King's Masterful's opening
1: scene where
3: the ATM calls him an asshole. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm very excited for this release. But I think that's release number 17.
0: That's what I was just going to ask what number that was. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, yeah because I think the last one was Dagon. That was fifteen or sixteen. Okay. So it's either Dagon or or uh, that last Reanimator sequel. Uh, that's the last one, and I think that's sixteen.
0: Okay. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of just skim through. So TV, I I finished uh, the last two seasons of Malcolm Malcolm in the Middle, and. As you guys know, I love sitcoms, but I never realized just like how ludicrous and just like insane that show gets. The longer it goes on through the seasons, it just went further from reality and more and more into like absurdism, which is so strange looking back. I never really thought about it when I was watching it when I was younger, but uh, Ah. it definitely goes into that realm of absurdism. But but
3: it led to such a great meme. Uh, Have you seen... Okay, someone took... um, the The Walter White confession, where uh, in in Breaking Bad, where he's like, you know, I, I I did it because I was good at it, and and they cut it with him on rollerblades <laughs> from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh man,
0: that's <laughs> awesome! Oh. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, so I, I but honestly, by the end of it, I was just glad it was done because I was just I was getting so annoyed by the family toward the end of it the, because they're just so dumb. And the things they do were just so frustrating. So I was just, I was glad for it to be done. Um, but I'd still like, I'd, I'd give the whole series kind of three out of four, even though I think the last couple of seasons were probably a two out of four for me. But overall, I really liked the show. and I still laughed a lot, which I mean, it's a sitcom. So that's really it, what it's there for. So
1: you know what sucks about that show? What? No nudity. What like <laughs> Malcolm like you know never that. gets sandwiched once. Yeah you have yeah, you know, he's the in lie. the middle
3: mark mark has has pretty exacting standards and you know <laughs> That's true. Yeah, i'm like
1: i was pretty disappointed i'm like oh, <laughs> oh yeah. loose lunch meat and nothing nothing at all
2: that silence is the sound of my shame
0: <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from the lack of nudity in uh, malcolm in the middle thanks. thanks mark but You're welcome. uh so spending wise i the only thing i um I ended up buying in the past couple weeks was I picked up the today's movie that we're talking about and I grabbed uh, a film, the one film I don't have from the next arc, which we'll announce later on in the show. So stay oh, tuned okay. for that. Mm. Uh, and I went to Five Below and they had pixels in 3D Blu-ray for five bucks. So I grabbed that too. because I was like, That's hey, cheap. it's five bucks. Have you watched it? No, I have not watched it yet. And I feel like you're the only person on the planet who yeah. says, yeah, that movie's not that bad. So
1: you know, what, I'm taking your word for it. It got so much hate, and I'm like, it wasn't that bad of a film. Yeah, like, I'm sure I'll not, enjoy it. It's not good, but it's mm-hmm. not – like, there's been worse Adam Sandler movies. Oh, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> Pretty much yeah. all of them. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Plus, for six bucks, who cares, right?
0: Exactly, right. That's the exchange rate. I said five, so you say six. Is that just how that works? It's just
1: naturally in your head? Pretty much. I always – <laughs> <20. laughs>
2: It's just not a good listener. That's the issue. Right, exactly. <laughs> what? I'm here for real oh, What? Man. Exactly what?
0: That's right. Uh. Oh, goodness. So I will wrap up with films and then I'll let you guys talk. Um, I watched yes. – <laughs> uh, so at San Diego Comic-Con, Scream Factory announced like some of their new uh, releases that they're coming out later this year or next year, <laughs> whatever the case is. And one of them was Saturday, Saturday the 14th from 1981. Yes. Yeah, And I was like, yes, I've been so excited because I've heard so much about, well, maybe I haven't heard so much about it. I've heard like one person talk about it and they were like saying that it existed. <laughs> and so I've always wanted to see it ever since then. So I was really excited about it. So we were talking about Amazon Prime earlier. I, I actually was watching some things on there this week. And one of that was on there was Saturday the 14th. So I watched that and holy shit, that's a bad movie.
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> that's,
0: that's a really bad movie so i uh it's it's called saturday the 14th and it's not a slasher film parody like what how do you how do you fuck that up like it it's it like brings in like more of the like universal monster movie aspects than anything else and it's like a yeah. haunted house movie almost reminiscent of the movie house from sometime in the 1980s Uh um, 86 i think Okay, yeah, and uh, it's it's just not it's not funny. The acting is just terrible. Uh, I ended up giving that one one star. I think I laughed maybe once or twice, but that was about it. Um, yeah, if you
1: want a better a spoof uh, of horror films, oh, House yeah. was eighty five. I was off by one. Huh, see, I always add oh, one, okay. right? <laughs> exactly.
3: <That's laughs> um, <funny.
1: laughs> you should check out if you haven't yet. Check out okay. Student Bodies. That's a much better slasher spoof. <laughs> And oddly enough, one of the first uh, movie posters ever bought.
0: Which one was it? I'm sorry. My my mic cut out.
1: Student Bodies.
0: Oh, okay. I've heard good things about that one too. Yeah,
1: I like that one a lot.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. I think that one just came out recently on Blu-ray from somebody. Really? I remember seeing. I felt pretty certain. Yeah, I'll have to to check that out later. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it came out on Blu-ray relatively recently or is coming out on Blu-ray. Maybe it is coming out. Okay. I don't know. Either way. Um the next one I watched, another another parody, uh, basically. From nineteen seventy eight was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yes. Um and this one was better than Saturday the fourteenth. Um I as it went on it kinda wore out its welcome, so I ended up giving it one and a half stars. But
3: that's I why mean, you like, just watch like one or two episodes of the animated series and call it good. Oh yeah. There's an animated series? I didn't know there was an animated you, series. Yeah. Fuck yeah, there was an animated series. That's even awesome. to, like, a headache. Yeah
0: wow yeah but i mean like there's musical numbers in this so i appreciated that because that was awesome (laughs) and like there's this scene in the beginning where like they're they're fitting like eight or nine guys in this extremely tiny room and they have to like crawl across the table to get in like it's just stupid as hell but they really they just they commit to it and it made me laugh like it was so dumb but it was funny um but then it kind of just lost me as it went on so i gave that one one and a half better than saturday the 14th won't watch it again but I definitely want to check out this animated series that you mentioned. That sounds awesome. But
3: was uh, that a
1: Fox cartoon by chance?
3: Um, it may have been. I vaguely remember that being around when X Men: The Animated Series was on Fox yeah, and Toxic actually.
1: Avenger and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it seems yeah. same like same era.
0: Could be that would make sense. They kind of seem similar. To- there was a Toxic Avenger cartoon too.
1: Oh heck yep. yeah, and it was really good. Wow. Yeah. I didn't
0: know these animated shows existed. That's yeah, awesome. it,
1: it was a Fox uh, cartoon, and it it had a short run. It maybe was only 13 episodes, but okay. uh, I vividly remember that show.
0: Interesting. Very cool. Oh,
1: I, by the way, next up, no, yeah. no nudity in the cartoon compared to the movies. Ah, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know so, you're not uh, going to like it. Yeah, well, not, I, I won't watch it again, you know, but back right. then, oh, yeah, all into it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I finally got around to watching WNUF Halloween special from 2013. What'd you think? And this is, I admire this movie more than I liked the movie. Um I gave it two and a half stars, but it, it's like so much work was put into this because basically I'll kind of explain the premise here. What you're, you're watching- Basically, the idea is that somebody has put in a VHS tape of a recording that they did back in 1987 of this Halloween special. And so you're watching it. It's, you know, full screen. It's VHS quality. So like the quality is terrible, but that's purposeful and um, intentionally, I should say, if I was a better English speaker and um, like you get the news broadcast before the special actually happens. You get full commercials in between. Um, and then the the broadcast picks up and and weird stuff starts happening. And you get, again, more commercials in between. Um, obviously, some of the commercials repeat as you would normally see on TV. But there is a surprising amount of original commercials that they have filmed for this thing. And they're all pretty humorous or just well done for what they are. Uh, they feel like a local, like local access channel commercials that you would see you know mm-hmm. um advertising the local pet store or the local dentist a carpet store um, right carpet store yeah. exactly that was one that did a few times um and like it just the idea was so unique so cool the execution was a little lacking for me like honestly i felt like there was a bit too many commercials um i kind of wanted just once the action picked up i wanted them to kind of keep going with it a little bit more than they did because they just it it kind of stutters it more than it needs to um but absolutely worth the time i think it's only like i don't even know it's like 80 minutes 85 minutes like it's a really short thing um and if you have amazon prime it is streaming on there right now I'm not going to blow you away by any stretch but i think it was worth your time it reminded me a bit of the one of uh, tales from the crypt episode that i um uh, i actually reviewed it for um Bubba Wheat's website, flights, tights, and movie nights. Um, when he did a Tales from the Crypt um, special one month, a couple years ago, and uh, it stars Morton Downey Jr. Jr. as like the the host of it. Um, it was very reminiscent of that, um, but obviously just done in a much different way. So I mean, I would I would recommend checking it out because you're not really going to see anything else like it. Um, so that you know, it is what it is. And I think kind of I feel like your thoughts were kind of similar to mine when you watched it, right, Mark?
1: Yeah, um I had watched it back to back with a BBC uh show that was similar to the uh, WNUF called Ghost okay. Watch. That's from ninety two. Oh. And that filmed, I think, Halloween night, it was like prime time, and it used uh T V uh personalities from the news for this spoof show okay. where they were you know, they were doing one of those like uh uh Geraldo, you know, you know, opening the vaults specials Mm -hmm. where they're going to this house where it's haunted and they're doing like a paranormal seance slash investigation and everything goes bad so if you like wnef's uh concept you will love ghost watch um i like wnef and i think i have the same uh concerns with you i thought the commercials were a little too too much but i did enjoy the the execution and uh yeah, it's something I, I would probably watch every Halloween if I had the time. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of things I would watch every Halloween, but, uh, I thought, like, I've only seen it the one time and I, and I did like it a lot, but I did think the commercials, it was a little too much. I wanted more mm-hmm. of the, of the show itself and a little right. less commercial stuff. Um, by the end, at first I thought it was really cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think they really got the air really well because oh, I yeah. could see myself watching that as a kid in the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Very cool,
0: it, Melissa. Did you see this one with him?
2: I have no idea what it is.
1: Oh okay. <laughs> I I tend to watch more films than she does. We we, gotcha. we do watch like TV shows together, but when it comes yeah. to movies, I'm home alone a lot. <laughs> okay. Because she leaves me, and yeah, um, rightfully
0: so. I, I can yeah. see
1: why. Yeah. Someone but, you has to, to pay though. the bills. But the thing is, so in my cage, I got this really nice pillow and the remote (laughs) is just within grasp that I can actually, you know, like change stuff on Netflix. So I'm not watching the same thing over and over again. Um, She she treats me good, you know. Excellent. Yeah. I'm
0: glad to hear that. And Ash, have you seen this one yet? Which one? Oh, I'm sorry. I cut Melissa off.
2: Oh, I was just going to ah. describe Mark's cage to you, which is a gigantic home theater in our zone. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've, <laughs> I've seen the pictures.
2: He has oh, a yeah. really tough life. I hope everyone knows.
1: <laughs> uh, I uh, I'm not going to sort of go fund me uh, <laughs> because I'm not that stage yet. But you know, not quite. I am fed and I am watered daily.
0: Good. That's really all you can ask for. So.
1: Yep.
3: Excellent. So, what were we talking about again? Sorry. The WNUF. Just... Have you
0: seen the WNUF Halloween special? I feel like you haven't. No, last I have. Yeah. Not. Okay. No. yeah. Um, I watched, I uh, rewatched the Indian, in- the Indian in the Cupboard from 1995. This was a book oh, that geez. I used to read as a kid and I loved yeah. it. Oh, God. Um, yeah.
3: I heard that like back when I was like seven or eight. Oh, yeah. yeah. A long
1: time. I think it was the yeah. grade five and that was one of the books we read in class together.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember reading it. My, I remember my vividly like my dad reading it to me in bed to go to sleep. So I we read it back way back when. And aren't um, there it, like three or four
1: books in that series?
0: There's actually five. Yes, because oh, I've okay. researched and I have them all in my Amazon car right now because like, I want to get the whole series. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's actually five. The fifth one came out about eight years after the rest of them, I think it was. Um, okay. So it was kind of a bit of an afterthought. But uh, yeah, so – I I remember the first couple very well, um, but I don't remember the others in it. So I'm really interested if um, in checking those out. But yeah, this one I, I loved it as a kid. And it it holds up surprisingly well. Like I really enjoyed it watching it again this time. Um, I give it three stars. Good movie. Uh, cool. It, the the CGI or I guess it's not really CGI, but like the effects to make the um, action figure look small. Like it looks yeah. great. Uh, everything about it just looks really good. And I think the acting – the the child actor does a really good job with it. So, it's a it's a really good movie.
1: So, get this. what it is. So, actually, there's a sixth book that came out just recently. Yeah. Um, it's called The Hooker in the Trunk.
0: <laughs> I wondered if that was part of the same – it's not connected on Amazon, so I wasn't certain. But yeah.
1: I, I guess the original okay. kid grows up with a drug habit and uh, – <laughs>
0: I can see the the kind of the foreshadowing from the first one to that. So that makes
1: sense. Right? It all leads up to this moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: and then uh, the last one, and then I swear to God I'll shut up. But the last one I'll talk about was one of my personal cinefessions films or movies I should have seen already. Ooh. I watched from 1979, I watched Phantasm. Finally, this movie has been on my two-watch pile forever. Um, and so I finally watched it. Unfortunately, it just it didn't connect with me at all. I didn't enjoy this one very much. I gave it one and a half out of four. Um, it's weird. I know this is, yeah. And I know it's a kind of a cult classic now, um, but I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, the, aside from the music, the music is, it's phenomenal. But aside from that, I just thought the rest of it was just, I don't, it just, it was like nonsensical. It was strange. It, it was boring at a lot of points, I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. The story
0: and just didn't work for me.
1: It's con—it's confusing. Like, I have to rewatch it. it. I, yeah. I recently, well, recently, I guess in the last year, I think in the last Wasteland, I bought the Phantasm box set. So, I've got one to five now. So, I want to do okay. a full series rewatch of it. But yeah. I remember watching Phantasm years ago. I think I was still living with my, with my parents at the time. And uh I was scratching my head. I'm like, how is this any good? It makes no sense. I know. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. So I want to revisit it, but I remember not really enjoying it the first time. Uh, yeah. But The Tall Man becomes so iconic that, you know, I, know. I, I, I felt I had to buy the, the whole series. Uh, but I need, I need to rewatch all of them.
0: And that's what surprised me because I feel like he's I, – I read reviews of it after I watched it and everything. And it's just talking about, like, how menacing he was and how he um, – was just such like a a performance that like haunted them after they watched it and everything. And I'm just like, I don't, I just, I didn't see the same film that they did. Unfortunately, I wish I did, but I I just didn't. Uh, Melissa, have you seen Phantasm? Nope.
3: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What about you Ash? I, I watched Phantasm two when when I was a teenager Yeah, and I loved it. And then I tried to go back and watch the first Phantasm and I'm like, wow, this is terrible. Oh, Um, okay. I, I appreciate Phantasm too because it's just fun uh gotcha. and 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 it's kind of like Evil Dead 2 that way <laughs> a oh, little man. bit yeah. it's kind of yeah. over the top
1: like it, it gets better like uh, I have like Reggie Bannister becomes a badass you know with the quad barrel shotgun actually I met him at a wasteland oh shit probably three four years ago and he's still walking the ponytail and uh yeah he's pretty awesome uh but i guess the first in the series could be, seem a little stale but i think the series gets cooler as it progresses until i think uh Phantom 5 i heard is a shit show so uh i want to see it i just i just haven't it yeah ravager i heard you know everybody was saying oh don costarelli's return to the series it's gonna be awesome and uh I think it's on Costa really, but uh, yeah, apparently it's, it's the shit. So um, again, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't give a definite uh, answer on it, but it's something I am going to watch sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was that one. Um, uh, and so I just, I wish I liked it more, but I didn't. Speaking of films that kind of came out way after, or after the fact that probably are, uh, probably should be shit, but in fact, aren't really. I've been hearing a ton of good shit about Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich.
1: Yes. that just came out recently <laughs> well you know why because it's, it's uh, such a
3: ridiculous fucking title <laughs> <you know.
1: laughs> oh, there was a sale on Amazon right now uh, I don't know if it was a glitch or not but you could have bought it for a dollar yeah, um, that's what I heard. I tried and I couldn't because I'm in fucking Canada. But oh. um, it's actually made by the guys that bone Tomahawk. So I'm very oh. excited to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I expect great things from uh, this Lillis Reich. I heard nothing. I heard it's pretty messed up. So I'm yeah, very curious. I well. Yeah. I- I've
0: never seen a single Puppet Master movie. And I have like the f- I have not the full set, I don't think now, but um, a couple years, a few years back, I bought like that whole...
1: Box At Walmart,
0: set. You could buy like the box set. It was like all in like one DVD, regular size DVD case, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all the movies packed into I don't know how many discs. So I yeah, smell I have that, a,
1: a new uh, Cinefficients art coming
0: right yes a super stupid long ass arc yes oh my god it's- no, no, we if we're going
3: to do that if you want me to stay sane we are breaking that shit up into chunks and we are watching something else <laughs> in between That's the little, thing. Like, I, little trilogies or something I, right. I think
1: we'd break up by the end of it I really do right <laughs>
0: we're not strong enough as a unit to last through puppet master.
1: Oh, well, oh, you know, man. don't like I'll talk about my own unit, thank you very much. But uh but yeah, I I think it would stress the bonds of friendship by the That's end of right. it. Yeah. I will yeah. confirm well,
2: that Mark's unit is not strong enough for that. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> oh, there it is. We all, we all assumed, but now it's good to know. It's good to have the confirmations.
2: I, I wouldn't you. leave you hanging. I wouldn't leave you hanging. They, uh, like absolutely.
1: Mark. Melissa, we're going to have to podcast <laughs> later and talk about this.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I'll let um, – I know, Mark, you were saying that you guys watch uh, some of your stuff together. So Melissa, Mark, you guys jump in with whatever it is you guys have been doing this past week or more. Let us know what's going on in your world.
1: So since our last podcast, I've seen a few films at the theaters um, when I wrote about uh, Slender Man. Wow. That was really, really bad. Um, oh, it's a, man. Yeah. Now, watching it, you know, like, I don't know much about the, the whole myth of Slender Man up until this movie. I knew bits and pieces. Um, all I like from what I've read after the fact is that this movie is like three years too late. Um I I like aspects of it because I like the mythology of this Slenderman character, but the execution of the film left to be desired. Um It's very dark. It's a dark movie. It's in shadows a lot. It's at night. It's hard to see shit sometimes. So, you know, when you have to squint to see something on screen, it kind of sucks. But uh one of the actresses,
2: uh, during Faith. the f- yeah were, were you wearing your digi lenses
1: <laughs> oh I fucking hate you um, so so one of the actresses uh, Joey King she plays one of the uh, main characters Ren and I'm like ah fuck I know this person not person, mm-hmm. but I just I, she, she seems recognizable and she was one of the uh, one of the girls from the original Conjuring so I'm like ah okay that makes sense um but as for it, uh, the film itself, it's not a good movie. Um only reason why I watched it is because I had to finish my cinemia pass for the month. I think I had two days left. I saw the movie to burn. So I watched that just because um Melissa and I were gonna go watch the Meg together. Probably tomorrow. Depends how this podcast ends. But um <laughs> yeah. Uh so so I w- it's a big pass on me for Slender Man. I gave it two out of five stars. Um okay. what I gave 5 stars to was The latest Mission Possible, Mission Possible Fallout. Oh, um Okay. I've loved the series minus the John Woo number 2 which I need to rewatch because it's been a long time, but this film, these uh the stunts were amazing. Um everybody hates Tom Cruise. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, but I love him in this series. Um he, he he does i think most of his stunts he got hurt during one of these stunts where he broke his leg which uh, paused the um, the filming of the film um henry cavill is awesome in this movie and it's in this movie where he's got the mustache where warner brothers had to digitally erase his mustache when he was superman during the last justice league film so, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's up in this movie. Yeah. Like, honestly, uh, if you like the Mission Impossible series, if you like, you know, action films, if you like spy films, this one was amazing. There is a chase scene in Paris during this film that was tremendous. So big fan. I give it five out of five stars. Um, apart from, apart from like movie, uh, like theater watching, I did a lot of, um, I guess homework for the Kino Lorber challenge. Um, as of okay. today, I just wrote my fortieth review, so I've got eleven films to go, which I will slowly uh, disperse over the course of the next few months. I guess P- probably the next week. I don't know, whatever. Fuck. Anyways, um, <laughs> so the ones that I've already been um, uh, that I've uh, seen since our last podcast have already been released: uh, Hickey and Boggs from nineteen seventy-two. It's a uh, detective film with robert culp in his only directorial film and uh, bill cosby um i guess uh well obviously this is after uh, i spy but obviously before uh cosby and all that um so he plays he's got an afro he plays a detective smokes whatever um it's weird to see him in that role just because i know cosby as you know dr huxtable so to see him yeah. more in a action role to me is weird you know not including Leonard part six um it wasn't very good unfortunately like i i can whatever cosby did cosby did the film was made i watched the film i was hoping the film be good and it wasn't so i gave that two out of five stars um i posted a review today which according to the release date of this podcast would be last tuesday for betsy's wedding from 1990, which was written, directed, and starring Alan Alda, which you would know from Bang the Drum Slowly and from MASH, the TV show. Um, it is a um, ensemble film regarding a wedding. Um, I really liked it. Actually, me and Melissa watched this together. Uh, so, Melissa, if you do want to chime in during this part uh, and give me your two thoughts, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, but just, I really liked it.
2: clear, you want my thoughts on the film?
1: Your thoughts on the film that you would generally say? How about that?
2: <laughs> I enjoyed it.
1: Thank you, Melissa. And uh, back to me. Um, yeah, um, I, I really liked it. It's it's not one of those laugh out loud comedies, but it is one that is enjoyable to watch. Um, this is again, you know, Kino Lorber is releasing films that are kind of out of the zeitgeist these days, mm-hmm. and um, it. I think it's films that deserve preservation and. I really enjoyed this movie. Molly Ringwald's in it. Um, uh, Joe Pesci's in it. Uh, Catherine O'Hare is in it. Um, Molly Ringwald, they said already. Uh, Oh, what's his name from, um, from, uh, Nip Tuck. Dylan Walsh is in it. Um, Anthony La Palgia. Like it, it's really, it's actually a really good cast. Uh, Ali Sheedy's in it. Um, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I gave that uh, three and a half out of uh, five stars. I yeah. Knew
0: I was going to guess three and a half. That's your that's your go-to for the Kino Lorber Challenge.
1: <laughs> right? Tell you what, though. I will not say it. I'll I'll let you guess my rating before I give you my rating for the next ones. Um, I, I do have – uh, actually, I've got about three or four more that I have in the uh, – I guess loaded in the chamber. Um, the Take okay. of Beverly Hills from 1991 with Ken Wall – um, with Matt Fuhrer, which you would know from um Max Headroom, and from the Stan TV adaptation, he was a trash can man. Um, So in this one, it's about Beverly Hills, right? Uh, Because it's the rich and famous area of Los Angeles, they have their own police force, they have their own mayor, blah, blah, blah. The cops are not getting paid as they should. They get fed up. They cause this big disturbance and start looting Beverly Hills. If it wasn't for Ken Wall, who plays a character called Boomer, who's a quarterback and uses his quarterback skills to thwart the cops (laughs) to save Beverly Hills. Sounds stupid. It is stupid. But it is so (laughs) much fun. I loved this movie. Um, What's this one
0: called? I missed the title.
1: The Taking of Beverly Hills from 1991. Really, really good. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Yeah. it was a blast to watch. Um, and it's funny. I had seen a trailer for this film, fuck, almost, de- I'll say decades ago. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what the title was <laughs> called. I watched a trailer for this movie. I'm like, holy fuck, it's that trailer. So I was pretty like jazzed to start this in the first place. Um, yeah. I loved it. I, I really did. It is rich destruction porn because okay. houses get blown up. Cars get damaged and destroyed. It's Beverly Hills. People are leaving on buses because they have to get ev- they have to evacuate because of a chemical spill. They're drinking champagne on the bus. So I'm like, uh oh. it's 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 one of these movies where I kind of wish the bad guys won, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, I I loved it. Uh, what do you think? I gave this film. You
0: probably gave that one four stars.
1: Wow! Are you looking at my letterbox right now? No, I swear, it's on I swear to God. Swear to God, no. Well, uh, we're 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 in simpatico. Yes, I gave that yes. four stars. Um, I'll for go year. quick. For, I'll go quick for the rest here because I'm taking too long. Um, I watched oh. from 1974, Madhouse, starring Vincent Price. Uh, that's a review that's coming out. Uh, shortly here um i also watched um well i released this the other day birdman that's the film number seven in the films i should have watched already which i haven't watched yet um mm-hmm. which i liked a lot um a movie holy fuck so i watched this horror movie two days ago called okay. night angel um I don't know it no nobody does i talked about okay. buddy <laughs> mike hasler hi mike and uh he had no clue about this film apparently it's on youtube if you want to watch it um mm-hmm. but I highly suggest you buy it. It's like if you take Hellraiser and Event Horizon and it has a baby, and that baby then gets babysat by Cinemax and you get Night Angel. <laughs> it is Oh wow. Fucking awesome. Um so it's about nineteen ninety? Nineteen ninety, yeah. Okay. Um, the only star you might reckon... Oh, there's two stars you'll know. Uh, one is Karen Black from Trilogy of Terror. Oh, okay. And she was uh, and, also um, the first...
0: Yeah, and, and the, the Rob Zombie. Yeah,
1: yeah. How's of Thousand uh, Corpses.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you'll know her. And the other person... Let me just click on this name really quickly here. Um, the uh, other person you might remind or recognize his face, and that is Lyndon Ashby. And I'm watching this, and he's the main character of this film. I'm like... Where do I know this guy? It sounds familiar. He's fucking Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat. I'm like, ha! Wow. Yeah. So, it's about Lilith. uh, The demon Lilith. She is a seducer of men. And she gets reborn, I guess, in 1990. And starts seducing men and kills them. Um, Her goal is to take over the world. Uh, So, it's like an erotic horror film. But it's like it's erotic E, but it's not like full cinematic erotic, but it's okay. erotic light, I would say. Okay. Um but the practical effects in this movie are fucking awesome. Um I haven't done any more I haven't done any more research on this more than I have for my just like you know letterbox with mm-hmm. you. But uh it's the special effects are great. It's bloody, it's gory. Um it stars uh, freaking uh, Doug Jones. A young Doug Jones, also known as Ape Sapien from uh, Hell Hellboy, and he was the uh you know monster in the shape of water, um okay. and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh but it is really good. Like I was I knew nothing of this film. I just saw a quick blurb on the Kino Lorber website when I bought a whole bunch of movies, and this film totally did it for me i loved it so yes there's a few boobs but the gore is fantastic and i'm looking at the letterbox right now for this film and the mm-hmm. highest review uh, or i guess the most popular review with 11 likes is from this guy called alexander R. Uh, Fr. it's a french uh quote or french review and it's only one line saying that uh i would guess that it's cocaine that realizes this film and you know what? He's right. I bet a no. lot of cocaine was snorted when with the making of this movie. Um, it's fantastic. That review will be coming up shortly as well. And the uh, last film uh, I guess I'll talk about is the one I watched yesterday, Cadillac Man from 1990 with Tim Robbins and Robin Williams. Okay. Um, he, uh, Robin Williams is a car dealer. His life is kind of on the rocks right now. Uh, he's got to sell these cars or he's going to lose his job. And there's a hostage situation at his dealership. Oh. It's, it's, it's really good. I really liked it a lot. Um, but I've always been a fan of Robin Williams. So maybe my view is a bit skewed when it comes mm-hmm. to his films, but it was fucking good. And yeah, um, I don't want to say too much about it because his review's coming shortly, but, yeah. uh, for a Robin Williams comedy that's really not as well known, it was pretty solid. It was pretty solid. So that's all for me movie wise. I'll go quick TV. Um so I finished watching uh Peaky Blinder season four, which was amazing. Adrian Brody was phenomenal in that last season. Um I season five, I believe, is getting filmed or is in pre-production. It's not out yet, so I guess I'll wait a year for that. Um <laughs> so I uh, so I finished season four. I watched uh on Netflix um The Strange Calls which is an Australian, I guess, paranormal comedy involving a small town in Australia and a new cop who's doing the night shift and he's got to answer all these weird phone calls. It's only okay. six episodes long. It's fucking awesome. Cool. I really liked it. I it, It's unfortunate that it's only six episodes because I think it really hits its stride at episode three and four. Um, okay. my personal favorite was episode five, but, uh, it's, it's really good. It's really short. Like you can, in two and a half hours, the series is watched. Um, so I recommend that. And I've just started the get down on Netflix. I'm watching part one right now. I'm on episode five and that's really good. And I don't know if it's fictionalized or not. I'm assuming obviously to a certain degree, but it's about the birth of rap in, uh, Harlem. Uh, At the tail end of Disco. And uh, Boz Lerman produced, uh, I guess, the pilot, which is like a 90-minute pilot, which was really good. And Mm. then I think the quality kind of goes down slightly um, as the episodes progress. Because I don't think he's got his hands as much on those episodes. Um, But, uh, yeah. uh, So, I'm on episode five now. So, I'll have that done really, really quickly. But uh, apart from that, uh, me and Melissa together were watching uh, season nine of Supernatural. And I think we just passed the 16th episode. Oh, we're on disc three of the series right now. And uh, I have to admit, it's probably one of the better seasons in a long time. Um okay. I don't want to put okay. words in her mouth, but when it comes to me, I found the last few seasons, it's been a bit of a chore to get the season going and the storyline really getting good. And with this season, it's pretty much good right outside the gate. Um So I don't know if Melissa wants to add to that, but uh, that's all for me.
2: Awesome.
0: I would say that sort
2: of sort of just like rather than in imprepare you have like a big finale and then it has to gain reason that momentum.
1: Okay. Works. Uh agreed. Yeah. How well, at least it, at least it, what's I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the well I think uh, 13 is out on Blu-ray and they're okay. signed for 15. Oh, But wow. uh, yeah, okay. yeah, the first five are really good and then it kind of dips 6 7 8 but 9 got r- a lot better. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and it, you're talking Supernatural, the, the first five seasons were relatively planned by Kripke, the guy who created it. And that's mm-hmm. when he bowed out because he told the stories he wanted to tell up through yeah. season five. And they've just kept going.
1: <laughs> like, I, I, I'm surprised it's gone for so long. Like, what else can you tell? Um, and how often can you be so upset at your brother? <laughs> you know because it's it's an ongoing thing where right. like these guys never get along yeah, and Mark, then they break up and get back together again.
2: Mark, you don't have any brothers. I have five. you can be that upset at your brothers that <laughs> i i
3: I don't think you well, can that and that and let's face it, Sam and Dean are the worst fucking communicators in the goddamn world like, agreed yes, it, it, Dean will go do something stupid and instead of. Saying, you know, the same look, I, 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 I own up to it and say I did something stupid. He'll agonize about it for like ten fucking weeks in the show. And then finally I tell mm. Sam, then Sam will be pissed at him for like ten fucking weeks in the show, and then they'll hug at the end and, and kill the bad guy. But you know
1: <laughs> Well that's pretty much what I'm assuming this last season's gonna be season nine that we're watching right now, because right now one's pissed at the other and they're not together. <laughs> so you know It's just okay. another
2: case of two minutes. You guys just need to
1: Nice, but but, but they've got that blue steel look down pat yeah (laughs) oh
3: speaking of supernatural have you guys seen the um ghostbusters parody that they put out not yet they got like it's out on um it's not on youtube if you haven't watched it yet and they have pretty much everybody who's guest starred on supernatural in this video it is fucking hilarious i'll have to check that out yeah, it just do it's uh it's the they changed the theme song it's who you gonna call winchesters instead of ghostbusters <laughs> and it is fabulous. Oh my god, it is fabulous. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me speaking
0: of Winchester, have has that movie come out on Blu-ray yet?
3: Uh I think it just did.
0: Oh, okay. I got to see that. I got to rent
3: that oh, from Yeah, right I watched that over the um I will say it's kind of more gothic horror. Yeah. Um it's not scary, it's atmospheric. Okay. If that makes sense. Um but yeah, I watched that um like a month and a half ago. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't dislike it. So.
1: Yeah, I have a few friends who've seen it and they're disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. Um I want to watch it. I think I'll wait for Netflix though.
0: Yeah, like I assume I'll probably be disappointed, but I I just really want to see it cuz I remember when I was younger, we went to like the Winchester mystery house with my parents. And I, ever since then, I've just like, I, I was always interested by it. And so when I saw that trailer for that movie, I was like, oh man, like I, I need to see this. So,
1: well, plus it's Helen yeah. Mirren and she's badass. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Yep. So, what else do you have to talk about, Melissa? What else have you been doing in the world of media or otherwise that's worth talking about?
2: Well, I don't watch near um, <laughs> but I do like I do like to watch something mornings and generally um I'll pick something That I think all five seasons of The Foster I just finished, if you're talking about like more so that it has a, it handles some um, things, transgender, foster care, stuff like that. If you're things, I think this, uh, but it is, I would say like, if you are putting on your mascara, things it's probably not the best because you will like tear up a bit. It makes things a little bit difficult. Um, And then I, I just watched, I just binged Instable, which I really And I'd seen a lot of uh media posts and, and shares around it being like, very fat phobic and uh don't watch this to it, but I would say rather it as a person who's yoed myself, I felt like it it dealt with that like being heavier weight loss. in a very funny way and and very realistic I and mean, how many times have I covered myself in squeeze out of handcuffs mark I mean like fifteen or twenty. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, it's about fifteen or twenty.
2: But it's it's really really funny, super (sighs) kitschy. um, Like it's just fun to look at and to watch. Lots of bright colors and you know Mm -hmm. over the top divas. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then I also I also really so I was glad to hear other things like. Hell yeah. So yep. I started watching this Ugh. show called, I think it's all about the Washingtons on Netflix. Um, perfect oh. sitcom, laugh track, family, like just like good family, like love about a, a rapper sort of, a, I think would be stuff who retires so that his wife can start her own entrepreneurial. And it's just, it's very, like, it's just good. Like, like, okay. food, like a nice, nice aged cheddar. It's excellent. Um, if you it's like that Gouda. kind of thing. I think that uh <laughs> I, think, I think Mark would have um some issues with his lack of nudity. I enjoy family Values.
1: And a laugh track. Fuck laugh tracks. I hate laugh tracks.
0: Oh man. Signed yeah, out that was the one it, thing so I, I did okay. love on my
3: it. um on my MASH set, set that we bought on the DVDs, you can turn off the laugh track. So. Oh, really? really? Yes. That's interesting. Ooh.
2: I think Mark just really, really wishes he had a laugh track following mm-hmm. him around. Right. <laughs> and so when he hears it, he becomes very resentful. Oh, sorry.
0: I exactly. Think- exactly.
1: Sorry. I I, I, I'd right. rather just have a theme song You're come nice. through after I walk yeah, through I a doorway, but... Right. <laughs> I'd rather have like a theme song than a laugh track. We do. You want it all, Mark.
2: We open our front doors and we hear the meows of our kittens demanding that's, treats.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> but but funny enough, and a segue to our next film, is that with the the Fosters, which I think I saw like a scene while I was talking to Melissa. Um, yeah. Bailey Madison is in the Fosters and she's also in the uh, Stranger's Prayer at Night as Kin- at uh, Kinsey. That. Yeah. So look at that. Seven Degrees of Bacon.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I will have to check out all about the Washington, this is not I've not seen that one, I haven't even heard of it. And Insatiable, and I just saw like the trailer for that the other day and I was like, I shouldn't be interested in this, but it looks kinda funny. So
2: it is very funny and I think yeah. I, I think it, it generally would appeal to um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's hard to talk about without giving away a lot. Yeah. It's just so over the top, like the storylines, everything. Like, And it really pokes fun at a lot of um, tropes like, you know, beauty pageants and, you know, big churches in America. And okay. um, like a, a lot of things. It's very like she's eating in a pageant called Miss Magic Jesus. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Very cool. Excellent. Anything else to talk about?
2: Uh, no. I think that's about it. I mean, I follow a lot of ch- on Instagram, but I'm sure you all do. Yeah. And that's.
1: Like I don't. I'm me. faithful. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Babe,
2: well, I can see everything that you just said. Right. <laughs> what?
1: That that baby baby that's just oh, Japanese right. wrestling. <laughs> what
2: wrestler's oh, name Bukaki?
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he's hardcore he's hardcore
0: oh god i love it a foley reference in all this oh it just doesn't get better
1: than that all right
0: excellent so with that let's move Oh, oh before that Yes. On the Blu-ray of this, I saw the trailer for Thoroughbreds, and I have to see that movie now. Oh my I gosh, it looks Blu-ray so now.
2: good! I want to see it too.
0: Yeah, it looks yeah. awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah. we gotta, I gotta check that one out. But yeah, anyway, I think
1: I think it was just released on Blu-ray. Okay,
0: that makes sense because um, this obviously just came out not too long ago, so it makes sense that this was on there.
1: And stars, uh, stars the girl song. from The Witch and from uh, yes. Split, and it's I think it's Anton yep. Yelchin's last film.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah. I, did, I guess I didn't see him in the trailer or, or didn't notice him if he was, but...
1: Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy that he talked to, I guess, in the car.
0: Oh, okay. I,
1: I guess it depends on the trailer that you saw, but...
0: Yeah, I just remember the dad, but... Interesting. Excellent. Yeah, so I got to check that out, but... All right, so on to our review for the week. We, of course, are talking about The Strangers Pray at Night from 2018. So, if you've not seen The Strangers Pray at Night, there will be spoilers, Uh, Frankly, there's probably going to be spoilers. There's going to be spoilers for the first one, too. I'm certain of it. So uh, if you've not seen The Strangers or The Strangers Pray at Night, definitely hit pause. Go on, watch both of them. Come on back and hit play. All right. So Strangers Pray at Night had an original U.S. theatrical debut of March 9th, 2018. It is directed by uh, Johan Roberts, who also directed 47 Meters Down, and he did F, or also called The Expelled which is one that I've actually, Brent has has raved about that one, told me I need to see it, but I have not yet been able to see that one. But I've heard it's excellent. So I definitely, after watching this, I definitely want to check that out. Um, this was written by Brian Pertino, who was the writer and the director of the original. Um, he also did Mockingbird. Um, and uh, Ben Katai, who wrote um, The Forest, which I have not seen. I think that was like a January horror film a couple years ago. Um, and he also did, which I think is a super underrated film that I really enjoyed, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. So the, the writing and directing duo uh, trio behind this, I think, is, is pretty solid. So
3: the, uh, One of the things that I thought was interesting when I was looking at trivia for this, the guy who directed this movie doesn't like
1: home invasions. Yeah, that's what I was reading as well. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the wrong choice for this film.
0: I guess we'll talk about that, won't we? uh, This has an IMDb score of 5.2 out of the 14,725 current votes on IMDb. Has a 48 Metacritic score, a 38% Tomato Meter score, and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 36%. It currently has 2.61 out of five stars on Letterboxd based on 7,806 ratings. It had a five million dollar budget. And a $29.7 million worldwide gross. Those were, those stats, I couldn't find them on IMDb. The the budget came from uh, Deadline, and the gross came from, um, I think, box, uh, the numbers.com. So those are my references for those two. Um, and it clocks in at 85 minutes. And interestingly, the theatrical version is 85 minutes, and the unrated version is 85 minutes. So I don't know what the difference is. I watched the movie twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I watched it, the Unrated both times without thinking about it, and so I don't know what the difference is between the two, but there's got to be uh, something.
1: Um, honestly, I I couldn't tell because we saw yeah. the film uh, at a sneak preview because of uh, Elevation Pictures and Tarot PR, and uh, right. yeah, um, I, I could not tell a difference between the Unrated and the Theatrical. Okay. Yeah, I think All the right. only
2: difference from ad- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <theater>. uh. <laughs>
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, obviously, that's your guys' history with it. You've seen this. You both saw this in theaters. Uh, yes. I, this is the first time I'm watching. I just didn't get to the theaters for whatever. I haven't been to the theater once this year, I don't think yet.
1: And, and I'm surprised you didn't get it to the theaters for this since you love the first one because of Liv fucking I know. Tyler. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, Yes. Not because of well, now. It's because of because you hate her so much. Yes, the reason for my existence now is Liv Tyler. But um, Ash, what's your history with uh, Prey at Night? Okay, excellent. Uh, so, like I said, I ended up buying the Blu-ray for this. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the Blu-ray itself at the end. But um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But we're gonna talk about that at the end. Anyway. Okay. So di- <laughs> diving right in, the very first musical notes it immediate like the soundtrack it immediately reminded me of drive
2: Yeah. No, huh. i don't
0: i don't know if that song is also in drive because obviously it's a licensed track i forget i and i just watched it like an hour ago too for the second time but i don't remember what the what the intro song actually is but very reminiscent of drive and i love that because i love drive and i love that soundtrack um and i so it it starts with that with that cool music I, and i've heard things about the music being greatness and it is um but then that abrupt stop was very jarring and i just love that opening with that truck pulling around the corner and the, the based on true events in the corner uh it just set it set the tone i thought really really well and opened up to this really cool uh intro scene which which i enjoyed
1: and not just the music that I really loved throughout the film, but just the opening credits, the actual, just the graphic, the font they used. I love reminded that you me, mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. Rem- reminds me of like old Stephen King paperbacks. Yes. You know what
3: though? You know what though? The what? font is classic uh, uh, John Carpenter.
1: Well, that's exactly it as well. Between yeah. like that opening theme music uh, or even the, the theme throughout the film. It just—it's like a, a remix of the fog. Um, oh, yeah. M- maybe some Christine in it as well, but to me, it reminded me a lot of the th- uh, of the fog original theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this has fingerprints of Carpenter. Like th- honestly, this movie oh, yeah. is—it's an homage film where mm-hmm. the best parts of certain horror movies are sewn in together. Right, and it works. It it, it really works. Um, but, yeah, right off the bat, you get into the sense of, like, I'm watching an an 80s stylized horror film, even though it's present day, which mm-hmm. it's not even set pre- – like, it doesn't say it's set present day. You're just assuming it is. But right. nothing in the film is ultra modern except for maybe a few smartphones.
0: I was going to say, yeah, they it looks like they have, like, current iPhones. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, this could really be set at any at, at multiple you know different points of time. Yeah.
1: Like like it could be an 80s film, it could be mm-hmm. a 90s film. Um it, it feels 80s, but you know just cell phones. Right. Um
0: yeah, and then as soon as that truck pulled around there, I mean you could see the three outlines and I was giddy. Like I just had to go some because I, I you all know, I already raved about the strangers uh when we when we did that review back when. Uh I I love this I love the original film so much. So I was super excited for this one. And then as soon as they pull around the corner, you see the outline of those three. Uh, I was just, I was so fucking excited for this thing to get going. Um, And it doesn't take too terribly long to really get going. Uh, I think kind of for me, the the first shot um, after the, the, they obviously pull up in the driveway and the woman walks to the door and then turns around. And um, I think that's, is that pinup girl? I always mix them up. The happy face um, one, the blonde, the blonde standing girl standing in the corner. Yeah, um, and I and I thought yeah, that doll was, face, doll face. Yeah, I thought that was. I was like, okay, here we go. Like this is it, it, what I think the film did so well is it's not the same actors. None of them, none of these strangers are actually the same actors from the original, which I thought was interesting. But they are definitely the same characters because they have the same mo, they have the same techniques, um, and the same style, and I love that about it.
1: Yeah. I think they're meant to be the same characters, but obviously it's been a decade since the last film or right. almost a decade. Uh, Strangers was 08. Yeah, it was a decade ago. 10 years. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, you, in a way, I guess maybe you could depending on their body type, but, yeah. um, ab- ab- allegedly, uh, the opening of Strangers 2, uh, because this film was greenlit after the first Strangers film in the right. same, in 2008, and they were supposed to have Liv Tyler's character die. Yep. in the movie and in a way i'm glad uh, just because i'm not sure if i'm able to give six stars out of five um because that would have made me so happy <laughs> it would have broken the scale you know oh man uh, so i'm glad that didn't happen because i'm like well how am i supposed to wear pants if it's okay. always hard
0: <laughs> oh my gosh oh man so much hate so much hate
1: <laughs> so much
0: oh my goodness um yeah, so right from that opening scene, so now we're 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 getting introduced to our our uh, our main family, um, and I thought what's interesting, and I think I wrote this down later, but um, obviously in the original we come across this couple who he just proposed and she said no, so like obviously they're in a, a depressed state or a down state, mm-hmm. um, and here we're also picking up this family that's in kind of a down state uh they're they're taking their troubled daughter to boarding school um who she obviously does not want to go uh tension is high amongst them like it was in the original um and i think that's interesting because it kind of uh it it, they're already adding in a tense state and so adding all this to it it's just it adds to that even more and it almost feels like a a a kicking him while they're down situation um with this family
1: that's exactly how I felt as well. Because like uh, I'm a big fan of Christina Hendricks and Mad Men, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've seen her look so tired like she does in this film. Her and also Martin Henderson, who plays Mike the father, mm-hmm. they, they look like they're at their wits' end. They don't want right. to send their daughter out, but because of her uh, whatever she's done, which I don't know if it was if I recall if it's highlighted or not, or like really explained what she exactly did. They, but they, uh, they're very vague about it. Yeah, but uh, they're like, they they look, they're they're so tired. And I guess, you know, because uh, Kinsey, uh, Bailey Madison, has given them so many sleepless nights, their only option is to get some discipline by somebody else because obviously their word isn't coming across with her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think it's interesting that, you know, again, we're not seeing happy-go-lucky people going through this. It's people that are already like burning the, candle at both ends and they're right. just trained to survive and now they have to add another layer to their survival
2: but I think mm-hmm. that adds actually it's a it, it's speaking to family dynamics though because I think it sets it up so in like better relate because most families are not like happy-go-lucky all the time so mm-hmm. you have like you know the Facebook or the social media profile with all the pictures but you have like what's really happening and so it's like the grittier more intense thing intense sort of like um, atmosphere setting things up for What is also really still a very close family, and you see that more. It creates a different kind of tension when there's loss and like the terror and the things like that. Like you see that the brother and sister, while they're annoyed with each other, they do actually have quite a good to find her. You know, you see you have those moments between the son and the father, and you have those moments mother and the daughter. and I think that that's actually really important to set you up a bit more of an emotion with the family because you're like, well, they do care about each other, but too bad. They're all going to die. Like. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's the thing I kept thinking because obviously in the first one, everyone dies. And so like I, I was just assuming that's how this ends, you know, everyone's dead. And so I was uh, – I, and I didn't I, – frankly, I didn't want that because I liked this family. I liked them more as as the film went on. I thought – I thought uh, Bailey. uh, I thought I just call them the daughter, the son, the father. Like I thought um, Bailey Madison's character Kinsey was just a a whiny, annoying, you know, teenage teenager in the beginning. Um, But she, you know, as things went on, I really started to like her more and uh, feel, you know, just kind of feel for the whole family as it went on. So I didn't want them to all die.
3: A lot of that has to do with her acting too, because she's phenomenal. She's Uh, incredibly emotive. Yeah. Uh, um, She-Blade, the first time I actually got to kind of uh, see her on screen was uh, when she was in Once Upon a Time. She plays the younger Snow White uh, in the flashback sequences, and she was fantastic in that, too. Uh, But yeah, no, she's awesome. I... I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping she sticks with it even more amazing. She
2: was actually in The Fosters I, as well, and uh, she played like a more minor role in it, but it was really good. The only thing that I really think she...
0: Like, <laughs> oh, God, I know. I agree. One?
2: It was so bad. It distracted exactly, me Exactly. So. That's
0: what I kept thinking. Yeah. I know her from uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark from 2010. She's obviously much younger, uh, but that's that's how I uh, recognize, what I recognized her from. Um, and I, I, that's not a great movie by any stretch. It's not even that good from what I remember, but, um, no, it's not. Yeah, that's what I remembered her from. But, um, I love when, when they're driving, this is such stupid. But he calls her a queef, and the dad's like, what's queef? <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid, but it made my juvenile ass laugh. And so I liked it.
1: I, I just like the reassurances yeah. from uh, Chris. He's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, hon. Don't worry about it. Dude. You don't need to know right now. <laughs>
0: exactly. She yeah, just like taps his, pats his arm. Um, and you talk about Christina Hendrick. I didn't realize that's who that was. I, I've never seen Mad Men. And obviously, that's what she's most famous for, I would say. Um, and I didn't realize that was her. But I, as I was going, I thought, man, I thought the mom, Christina, looked so much younger than the dad and was like almost on par with the kids. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, no, that's Christina. Like, no, she was, she was born in 75, the dad in 74. And then the kids were in the late. So I was like, no, they're, you know, act basically it, acting their age. It um, makes but- sense.
1: I think she's never looked this frumpy before, but again, we're watching a horror movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. like she's glammed up in Mad Men, uh, in her character. Okay. Um, but then again, man, like she's also in Drive. In Drive, she oh, is. is she? Yeah, she's the redhead that, uh, goes to the, uh, you know, that sh- that shootout that you don't expect while, uh, Gossing's waiting yeah. in the car. Well, she's the girl. She, it was her and the other guy doing, you know, going to, I guess, rob the place. She's the girl. Yeah, yeah. And I keep forgetting that when I watch Drive, which I I love. Um, Yeah. But she's very versatile. I just didn't know it. Well, she was also in a recent TV show, I think, You Watched Melissa uh the good wives club or something uh, or the
0: yep, girls she's in that yep. club
2: yeah yeah she yeah, is girl. and that was also really good um one time google images tagged me in a... So I, just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. that's awesome can that's i get autograph awesome. i love it <laughs> i
0: mean it was my
2: cleavage but um yeah oh
0: sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's fantastic um so they had some things that I really like and, and kind of going back to something else you were talking about, Mark, um, all these homages to the other horror films. And I think one thing I loved about The Strangers and what I was kind of missing a little bit here, which I'll, I'll mention this in my my final thoughts, was um, one thing I love about The Strangers was that there were moments where if you weren't paying attention, you may have missed one of The Strangers in the background. And I love shit like that. Ever since I saw, I think it was the original um uh Juan, the Grudge, yeah. the original gr- one, uh, yeah. the, the Japanese version. Um, and there is this moment where the little blue boy is walking alongside a stroller, but you only see it for a split second when somebody like opens a door or uh, uh, yeah, a door and you see like the reflection and it's literally for like two seconds. And if you're not paying attention, you won't see it because like he doesn't draw attention to it. And there are moments like that sometimes in The Strangers and I love that. And I thought here... They didn't do that. And that was a little disappointing to me. And and then I watched it the second time and I realized, no, he doesn't He doesn't do that with with the characters here. Because I, I was specifically looking in the background to see if maybe I missed it. And I didn't see any. But, I mean, that doesn't mean I didn't. I just I didn't see any. I don't think that's what he's doing. Instead, though, he kind of puts in – instead of playing where's the stranger, it's kind of where's the homage. Uh, because there's so many different points where it's like, oh, this is from – Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is from yeah. Scream. This is from Halloween. And, and so instead of playing, you know, where's the uh, stranger? It's kind of where's the homage. And I think that keeps it interesting for, you know, people like us who love this genre uh,
1: yeah. and,
0: and can pick up on those.
1: It's like, where is the source material coming from?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, specifically, I mean, you talked about Carpenter. And I think so he he obviously this this man is a Carpenter fan uh, and he's seen yes. he's seen his movies. One, there's a shot that I can recall in, uh, in Halloween where I think it's, it's a point where either, um, oh my God, Jamie Lee Curtis's character mm-hmm. is running Laurie. across, Laurie. Jesus, thank you, is, is going across the street and the camera does this like zooming and it's on its, um, it's on the cam is what it looks like anyway. And it's moving with it and it's a very fluid shot. And the director, um, uh. What's his name again? Car- Carpenter.
1: Oh, this one? Yeah, uh, Roberts. Johan Roberts. Roberts. Yes.
0: He takes that one shot or however many shots it were. And he does it all the time in this. Um, that's one of his favorite things. And so I, what I can – what it looks like he's doing to me is that it's it's a person on a steady cam or a dolly. And they're, they're pushing in and uh, zooming at points as well. And it's like – sometimes it will zoom in. Or or it'll, it'll focus in on a shot before the character even gets there, and then the character will end up there. Uh, and they they does this a lot. Like I can think of the point where the the boy, the son, is running up back to the like the store. Yeah, that happens. The the camera pushes in. The the guy runs up to the door, and we're already zoomed in on the door. Um, a little bit before that, it's when the guy the the son is like running across the street. It kind of zooms into the middle of the street that the guy appears there, and then goes and. Um, when she's about to hide under the, under the, um, the, the, uh, the, not the balcony. The porch? Yeah. Under the porch where he like hides her under there. He does that in that shot too. Uh, and it's just, it's so reminiscent of Carpenter. Um, and I think because he's so consistent with it, I think it works. It's just a part of the film. It's a part of the film's aesthetic. And I I really like that about it.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it, it's it's totally in its DNA. Like, it, it, it mm-hmm. is the film. Like, just, yeah, it, like, honestly, it, if if Johan Roberts is actually a pseudonym for John Carpenter, it would not surprise me one day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: Oh, and that was the one thing I loved about this movie. Um, it, it, the daytime scenes are okay, but the nighttime shots were phenomenal. It always looks there's always something to look at it is always you know compelling there's always something there mm-hmm. and you know even with like the fog and everything else it looks it's great to look at it was a like, really really well put together like cinematography
1: is fantastic
0: yeah it? the cinematography is great in this yeah and, and it's funny
1: because like i was harping on slenderman because it's so much in the dark and you can't yeah. see anything and this film You're is the old. exact opposite yeah. No, uh-huh. yeah yeah mingled, exactly <laughs> but like but for stranger's spirit at night, you know it's it's ninety percent. well I would say eighty percent in the dark, and I mm-hmm. had no problems whatsoever, like it's just beautifully lit, right, especially later on when we get to the pool,
0: oh God yes, yeah, I, the
1: pool we'll definitely talks about
3: oh, that oh my God.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
2: when they turn on the lights around there, it's visually stunning. And, like, I think to me it was also sort of reminiscent of the opening credits in that it's both times it's, like, creating this sense of nostalgia and pulling you back into some other feelings. So I don't have the same touchstones as you guys do when I was watching Mm -hmm. this um, because, as I mentioned earlier, I literally grew up in basically a cave. So, like, no electricity (laughs) at different points in my life. So I didn't watch a lot of, like, movies growing up. And quite frankly, I, I've not had the chance to catch up. So I don't have all of those like callbacks and things, but there's still that sense, that po- really powerful sense of nostalgia throughout this film because they're creating it with music and color mm-hmm. and other visual elements that really draw you into that and create that atmosphere for you, regardless of whether or not you understand all those other cues and callbacks that are happening.
0: Right. And that that's so important because... <laughs> Obviously, not everyone is. You know, every, the majority of people are going to be more like along what you're saying, where you don't necessarily know what all those callbacks are, and so you have to, you know, be able to affect them as well. And so that's so important, which I think is a, a good nod to to his filmmaking prowess. Um, I, I love the, so the smiley face. Again, I just marked out like I love seeing the smiley face on the mailbox. Um One yep. thing I, I like because it was there when the when the van pulls up into the driveway. And um, I, it almost felt like one of those things that like you may have missed it if you weren't paying attention. Uh, but then a couple shots later, he just focuses in on the mailbox and that's the entire shot. And I was like, oh, I wish wish he didn't have to do that. Like, you know, but
1: Not, make, not make it so obvious.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's um, like these guys have already marked their territory.
0: It, right. And right. Uh,
1: yeah, it's like they, they've tagged it and you're in our world now.
0: Yeah. And I missed it the the, the first time it threw because I was like typing, I guess. And so I was looking down. But um, the second time watching, I, I realized that the note when she walks in, when they arrive at this place, I forget the name of it, Glen Point or Gl- Glen Lake or whatever.
1: Oh, hey, it no, Canyon Valley. Canyon Valley. Okay. Yeah. We were making fun of, well, Melissa was making fun of that earlier, but yeah, yeah I think it's,
2: because it's really redundant. Canyon is a Canyon Delta Valley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it like, is.
3: It's kind of like, kind of like Hill Valley and Back to the Future. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Um. The, the note was actually written by the strangers because it has a smiley face on and everything. I, I totally missed that the first time. So I'm glad I rewatched it to catch that because uh, that's – it just it, it makes it a little bit creepier because well, they know exactly that, where they're going because they directed them there.
3: Well, not just that but the note. The, the fucking note looks like it was written by a toddler. Yeah. I, I, was just I, like, I was like their uncle did not write this note. Did she write catch
1: that it's like really see i thought it could have been because some like older people just have really bad penmanship right yeah so it could have gotten it could have gotten both ways like I, to me it was believable that it was the uncle who wrote that
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh but but the smiley you know, face gave it away right well it does yeah it does yeah um so
0: we we get we get to the house and we get the uh knock on the door Is tamara home Love it. Love it so much. Um, they're even doing the, the, the light bulb trick again. Uh, just fantastic. Um, and I, at this point, I was thinking to myself, like, this is – how are they going to do this? So the original, obviously, is a home invasion film and, and frankly, one of, one of my favorite home invasion films. Um, and so I'm, they have this big house to play with. And now we have this trailer. I'm like I was thinking to myself, how is this going to work with this tiny trailer versus this large house with all these rooms and everything? And I think what's interesting is that though this has the feel of a home invasion film, this isn't a home invasion film. It's more, it almost feels more like a slasher film. Oh, totally. Um, than a home invasion film because of the fact that it goes outside.
3: Well, and that's the okay. The and we were talking about nostalgia and throwbacks. Yeah, this movie has the feel of Carpenter's Halloween mm-hmm. because it deals so much with the silhouettes and right. the shapes, and we know what they look like, you know, because of the, we've seen you know you've seen the first you seen the first movie because we've seen the silhouettes already, right? So you can the the shapes are stalking the you know the act the characters, mm-hmm. and and it works like that so so well in this. 100% and, agree,
1: yeah. And you can also see this as a home invasion film. Just instead of just being yep. regulated to the home, we've got this abandoned trailer park.
0: Exactly. It's a trailer park invasion film, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because nobody else is around. So in a way, it's it's just, it's a grander sense, but it's still the same type of film. Like mm-hmm. nobody's going to help you. Uh, right. You're by yourself in this larger, this vaster area. So, you know, it, it's not home invasion, but it, it, it's a park invasion film. Mm-hmm. You know, in in a way, it's, it's a siege film. These people have, have taken over and they're just trying to get out of there alive.
0: Right. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it.
1: Oh, I can be um, wise on occasion. <laughs> and I'm also out of beer. That's right. <laughs> yeah, once in a while.
0: Oh, man. Um I, you, you, Melissa, you kind of touched on this earlier, but the fact that they send the brother to go talk to the sister, I just kept thinking to myself, like, that would, that would never have worked in my family. Like, (laughs) first off, my parents would have never even told me to go talk to my sister because they know I just would have pissed her off. Um, But what that does is really build on that uh, relationship, even though on surface level, it looks like it's, you know, kind of shitty and, and horrible. In reality, it's not really that bad. And so I appreciate why that's, why that's in there.
2: Well, and I was the older sibling, so I definitely would have been taught sent to talk people down or like mm-hmm. whatever. So I think that's pretty normal, not necessarily right. I mean,
0: no, I'm the older one,
2: Oh. but I'm an well. asshole. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I tended to like yeah, there are meant so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to her fiance, um, <laughs> with uh, I had the same uh, thought in my head is mm-hmm. that I'm the older brother in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I went to talk to my younger sister, it would not accomplish anything. She would right. not listen to me. Maybe so, it's just a guy yeah.
0: thing. Maybe it is. We we can't be set to talk to anybody.
3: <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Well, and, and it all depends on your you know, your family relationship too. Exactly. I mean, yeah. she's had a history I and mean, they talk about it. She's had a history of always, you know, looking up <laughs> to him, wanting to emulate him, I mean how she wanted to play baseball right. with him and baseball. everything else. Yep. So yeah. I, I To me, that made sense that after the fact, you know, yeah. that they sent him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: My younger brother read all my Stephen King novels. He
3: sometimes <laughs> tried to
2: wear my dresses. I mean, totally. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Makes sense. Um, I, I love the um, I, one of those moments where, again, they could have been more subtle with it, but I still liked it when uh, they're walking through the park and you see the the girl in the background and then she runs away. So again, it draws even more attention to her. The fact that she runs away. Um, but again, it's still a creepy thing. And I, I like that because it's just unsettling to just know that you're being watched like that. And so I enjoy that.
2: Yeah. I like those moments a lot. Like the high, one of the highlight moments of the film for me was when she's mm-hmm. in the tunnel and yeah. like, the other, the woman is suddenly there. Like I love yeah. stuff like that. Like it got me and it got me both like both times I saw the movie. Even yeah, though I knew that it was, was coming and was waiting for it. I was still
3: like, ah, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, well, and and I think that moment too. The the truck helps distract you from exactly the tunnel mm-hmm. because <laughs> you're focused on what the hell is the truck going to do? Is it going to ram her or what? You know, and then right? Boom, right there.
0: Yeah, it's it's yep. uh, reminds you of a, a street magician. You know, just a, a sleight of hand. You have you know you have the hand on the sleight of hand.
3: Too. Yes, I and well so. and that's and that's classic horror storytelling. I mean, they, right. do, I ain't hell. Steven Spielberg did that in Jaws. And whenever mm-hmm. you saw the shark in Jaws, you always heard the music up right. until the point they took the music away. And then there's the fucking shark scaring the shit out of you. Exactly. Cause you would train the audience to listen for the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Another throwback that I liked to the original was, and, and did you guys notice this? That the trailer the aesthetic of the trailer was like the exact same as the house in the original. It's like this w- filled with wood grain uh, and browns, and like the lights just make the make the light bulbs look yellow. Uh, yeah, it felt yeah. like it could have been a, a shot in that house.
3: Like it was so similar. Well, well was- and I'm wondering if the uh, they didn't pick that one on purpose, you know, because of it. Well, I, obviously the filmmakers did, but I was. Oh, you're talking about the in strangers. The back- yeah, in the back of my head, I was wondering mm-hmm. maybe they sent them there because, you know, oh, it's so similar to such a good time we had, you know. Right. Could be
0: because well, they were there, I'll, right? Because they have the Chinese food or the Asian food in the fridge.
1: Um, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I was, I was saying to Melissa as we were watching it for the second time, I'm like, I would totally go to this trailer park and rent like a trailer for a weekend or a week it looked so cozy and comfortable (laughs) just to sit back relax no technology play some cards like it had a bar set up like it was a really nice trailer Mm -hmm. like i know trailers get you know get a bad rap for being in in a trailer park but it looked comfortable like I could see myself getting two of them, one for like to live in, one for my movie collection. But, uh,
3: <laughs>
2: Obviously. Y- you know, but oh, uh, yeah. You'd be pleased to know uh, they come in double wide. I will oh, stay oh, in park for a few years. so <laughs> Thank
1: familiar. God for that because I need storage <laughs> space. But uh, yeah, like Absolutely. I'd be totally comfortable staying in a place like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we get the return of the <laughs> lipstick on the window again. Um, but one thing I think is interesting is that – and I feel like I'm, I'm kind of jumping my, my own thoughts here. But in the original, these three people are, are really fucking with these with these two people. Uh, they're really playing with them the entire film until finally they decide they've, they're done and they've had enough. Here, they play with them much less. Um, and I feel like it's because it's a numbers thing. They re- – Like basically, as soon as they can, they take out the dad, the mom, and the dad, and then they start kind of toying a little bit more. But it's not; it's nowhere near this in the same way as it is in the original. And I think that's smart because you know it's four on three, and then it's three on three, and then it's two on three, and that's when they can kind of start doing things a little bit more.
3: Well, and the other thing too is they had time to play with the uncle and aunt. Uh, and right. they obviously did because they're uh, mangled. Yeah, that
1: yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Because they weren't expecting mm-hmm. them to come, right? So they thought it was just two old people, and here comes a mm-hmm. you know a carload full of fresh, uh, fresh souls. No, um, I think I they were
2: expecting you. because they heard the message, yeah. and then they left exactly. the note. Like they prepared, so they knew they had a yeah. timeline with the older couple. Oh, right, but, but I'm just exactly saying is that like
1: they were coming, but they were looking to kill the old couple. And then lo and behold, oh, we have, you know, their relatives coming over, you know. So I, I think they killed the old couple um and that was going to be it. But now here comes these new people coming in, you know, visiting. Um They weren't aware they were on their way, you know. So no, like they, they, they knew do. they were coming. You're wrong, like, they- babe.
2: You're wrong, because the, the no. phone message would have happened a couple hours before they like came in to kill these people, and I'm sure they were already watching them before. So, but, I mean, like we can wrestle about it, but you're you're no. Lose.
1: All I'm saying is that it's not like they'll check their fucking phone messages first before they kill this couple. Um, they killed I couple. would
2: if you're going to be a good little murderer, you'd check all messages, obviously.
1: But the old couple killing was spontaneous. And now they had to, you know, rearrange their plans for these new people coming in. They thought they'd only be dealing with two old people. But now they've got four younger people coming. So they home invaded their trailer, not knowing until maybe after they died that, hey, we got more people coming. We need to set up a kill zone. But initially coming to the park, they thought it'd just be the two people.
0: I I can see that argument. And what what kind of my uh, timeline of events was that they show up here. They are fucking with the aunt and uncle and then I, th- I feel like that might have even been the night before which yeah. I could be wrong but I feel like that was the night before because then they get the phone call they hear the phone call because when the the family that we're following gets in there it's still blinking which means it's a new which would lead to me believe that it's a new message Makes and sense. so I would feel like they heard the call come in they heard the message and that's when they kind of knew that this new couple that this new family was on their
1: way yeah, they yeah. probably heard the phone call during the kill or shortly right. after they've done playing with the bodies, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh man, we got more fun coming."
3: Well, see, I I got the impression that they killed the old people, and they were just kind of bumming
1: around, and then they heard the message the next day. Yeah, know, I don't mean I, that, that I, could I, be. I, yeah, I can I can that I see that too because like they they got Chinese food. It's not like the old people had right. Chinese food in their in their fridge, right?
0: Right, because that's not their a part That's not their trailer. They wouldn't have just been hanging out there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting interesting timeline, but yeah, I kind of that's kind of how I, would, I was seeing it as well. But
1: but the um, kills can't be that far apart just because the dog is still barking in the room mm-hmm. and he's getting pretty hungry. So I'm like I I think it's a quick turnaround. But they initially still just thought it'd be just two kills, and now they're getting six.
2: I don't know how quick though, because think about like they opened like yeah, the dog was there, but he wasn't barking when they first came in into the into the trailer.
3: Mm-hmm. It, oh, it was yeah. he he started barking
2: after when he heard them, and when they opened the door, she immediately goes like oh like there's an like, overpowering smell plus flies. So I think like mm-hmm. wh- how long does a fly larva take to like whatever? So uh, I think a you're day looking, or two, yeah. So uh, I think day, yeah. I think that timeline of like that they killed them they heard the message the next day I think that maybe plays out pretty well
1: mm-hmm. yeah. all I know is that they only had too many knives and now they have to get more knives right. because they already <laughs> used two knives on two people they
2: should have ordered right. cutlery with their Chinese food
1: exactly they were not thinking
0: ahead that's for damn sure yeah but a sword isn't
3: as, as threatening as you know, an actual, <laughs> you know real knife
2: You haven't seen me wield a spork. I'm pretty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're threatening without a spork, babe. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I love the way that uh, the, the one girl just like demolished the door. Um, And then that leads to our first, our first kill that we see on screen, at least Um, with the, with the music playing in the background, the daughter watching, watching down on them. She's staring up and then just the knife in the back. I thought it was really brutal. Uh, and I, I I really liked that. I thought that was well, really well done. Yeah,
3: yeah. And this is the point where I stopped watching. Yeah. Eh, just turned it off because Christina <laughs> Hendricks dies. So. Right. Well, and,
1: and, and that's the thing. I thought it was really ballsy because like, to be honest, Christina is the only big name. Yeah. On the oh, yeah. show.
3: she's got the, she's done name. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the in-credit star Christina Hendricks. I'm like, mm-hmm. she dies a third of the way in the yeah, film. Like,
1: like I've yeah. seen Martin Henderson in other films. But ask me his name and I wouldn't know, right? Exactly. But Christina, exactly. everybody knows Christina. And having her die right off the bat, well oh, right off the bat, you know, 25, 30 minutes in the film, um, I, I was shocked. I really was. And yeah. uh, that makes this film so much better because it's unpredictable.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, after they find the body, the, the dad and the son are in the trailer with the bodies. And uh, he tries calling 911. Obviously, the phone's dead. And then all of a sudden there's that boom. And that scared the shit out of me. And it did it both yesterday when I watched it and today when I watched it the second, <laughs> second time. Like It's just a, a really well-executed jump scare.
1: And that's one of the, uh, I guess, strong points of the film is mm-hmm. that their jump scares are so good.
3: <laughs> yeah, they really are. They they, they really yes, are so not good. They, no. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they they are not. You don't feel cheap afterwards. Like, they are, you know, oh, yeah, that got me. Yeah, that was terrible. Anyway, no, they earn it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like I remember, uh, re- I wouldn't say jump, but I remember reacting uh, in the theater when I first saw the film. And again, just uh, this past- No, I uh, had to week,
2: push him out of my lap. It was so I, awkward. Exactly.
0: The big Mandy oh. man. I wouldn't say <laughs> jump, but- <laughs>
1: I felt Uh, bad because I kind of dislocated her knee when I landed, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's for the love of film, so it's, 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 you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I love, so obviously one of like the big characters is the, uh, the, the sack man. I don't know what the hell you call him. The guy with the guy, the male stranger, Yeah, Um, the man
1: in the mask, man
0: in the mask. Yes. And, uh, his like introduction into the film was fantastic with, you know the, the Dad telling the son, "Go ready, get ready, run," and he goes and he just stops in the doorway and stares out and says, "Dad," and then you just see him standing there with the axe in the middle of the fucking road, like just what an awesome way to introduce this character, who to me is just iconic in his own right, like i it's fantastic
1: well the the guy doesn't say anything but mm-hmm. you know his intent and he just looks right. so cool and so confident. Oh, yeah. Like this is a big trailer park and they're able yeah. to track these guys down pretty quickly mm-hmm. and easily for that matter. Right. Uh, like he's got no reason that he won't come out of here and skate. Yeah. Like it's, it's his game and he's the master man. Exactly. or mastermind, I should say.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I, I always complain about is the, in, in horror films, kind of that trope of, oh my cell phone battery's dead, or oh my um it's usually the I don't have a reception. And that always just bugged me. Uh and so I think here they do it they do it really well. It's it's natural, it's believable. You know, hey, let's have one more night together, you know, without the phones, let's play cards. And so they kinda gather the phones and then they just storm out and so they leave them without thinking about it and then they come back and the and the phones are are, you know, destroyed. And I think that was A a very intelligent way to get the phones away from everyone. Otherwise, you don't really have a film here because you just call 911, you know? Uh, And so, I think that was smart. That was well done.
1: Well, and that's a problem with like slasher films these days is that technology Mm -hmm. is so at your fingertips. Exactly. How how can we make it creepy and make it a throwback to yesteryear? And it's just by finding a smart way to just disable all technology.
3: You said it in the wilds of West Virginia, where your cell phone reception is so shitty, even the Verizon guy is going, where the fuck am I?
0: I lived in West Virginia. I always had reception, so I don't know what you're talking about. good meth
1: there good liar (laughs) liar (laughs) just all
2: horror movies will be set in none of it from now on because you don't have silver side. but there um you could also like realistically if you're really afraid and your hands are shaking things how how able are you to actually dial your cell phone like Mm -hmm. i think there's just that kind of thing but also everyone could just carry shitty iphones that shatter as soon as you drop them so then (laughs) there's
0: that and that's what they had absolutely (laughs) they're all shattered (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, and I we've already touched on it a little bit but like this the uh, the sound design work in this the sound editing for this is just so fucking good um, and you talk about it with like the you know they use this for jump scares that it, it, it adds to them
3: musical choices too yeah oh my
0: god um, and and when the moment when the dad and the son find the mother dead is so smart because it's like it's like uh, we hear what the character—it's like their ears are ringing. So it's almost like a bomb went off, and for those two, it really did. And so I think that's just so well done. It's such a smart way to handle the sound design.
3: I love that. Did we lose them again? Uh, there we go. Oh, Hello. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you are. Well, welcome okay. back. All
0: right, that was strange. All right, everyone's still there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. And then so from from that moment where these, you know, it's as as if the bomb went off, which I think is such a well done moment. Um, We get this. They're driving in the van and just that perfect shot, because you're looking at the the son who's kind of looking out like behind him out the window. And we see in the corner, we see the the man in the mask. He throws. I don't know what he throws at the at the van. I thought it was a brick. That could be, yeah, and he throws it a big it, ass brick. He yeah. throws it right at it, and that's what causes the crash. Like it's such a cool shot because it's all right on like the the edge of the frame, and it's it sets up this whole next part of the film. And I think it was so awesome. I just it was such a cool shot.
1: I thought so too. And I just thought the aftermath of the uh, of the accident was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not expecting what happened. and it's funny for some reason, like with this film, I thought everybody would survive, and uh, <laughs> boy was I wrong. You know, yeah. so like seeing the dad die and then in such a painful mat in a painful fashion, mm-hmm. you know, between uh, the uh, the stick in the stomach,
0: and I then know, just having
1: the guy beside he's him, in, he's stuck and, there, and then and I just felt so bad for this for this family because like mm-hmm. they're trying to do their best to right. to provide for their kids, and you know they're at their wits' end. And just the whole, you know, father and son. I love you, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, like, I'm
0: so proud of you. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's it, it's really sad. And like some horror movies, you just don't give a fuck about these characters. Mm-hmm. But for, like in this film, you really care about the people involved. Yeah, I know. I sure did. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes the film or the deaths that much more tragic when they do happen.
0: Right. Um, jumping jumping ahead a little bit. So um, to that we get to the point where. Uh, the, you get like the, um, what do you call it? Like the Jack in the box scene. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the girl in the mask pops up from, from behind under the, the sheet or whatever it is. Uh, and I, and then the, the, the brother comes in with the gun and I, I just wanted him to pull that fucking trigger so badly and he wouldn't do it. And I was just like, Oh, you idiot. Like that mistake just cost two lives. I guarantee you. Uh, of course, well, well, I, I, wrong, I love to
3: the. I love too. Where she's just like, "Give me the gun,
0: I'll do it." I know, I'll <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah, exactly.
1: What I couldn't get is, why are you playing with a jack in a box when I, your life's in danger? You, you right. stop to turn the crank. I, I would have disregarded that box. I would have kicked it away. I would not have stopped <laughs> to play with it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, what compelled her to do that, but I was going with it, so I didn't I didn't question it too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and okay. So then there's the moment they're sitting in the, the other trailer. They're talking about, you know, remember when I fell out of the tree or whatever and I was, and the mom was like, what the fuck did you do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, uh, Bailey's character says, well, you know, we wouldn't be here if. Uh, I wasn't such a fuck up. And he's like, no, you know, that's not true. And I was thinking, well, it, it's it's kind of true. Hey,
1: yeah, pretty much. It is your
0: fault <laughs> right. that we're here right now. Yeah. But then out of fucking nowhere, the truck <laughs> comes flying through the side of the trailer. And my heart was just pounding at that point. I was like, what the hell just happened? I love the look on so the cool. kids'
3: faces, too.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, so great. Um and then that's when she hides under. He hides her under the deck, and then they get to the, um, to the, like store area where he gets to call nine one one. And I really mm-hmm. liked that whole scene uh, at the at the beginning where you know we kind of see her from behind, and then all of a sudden she's gone when he turns around. Um, and then obviously that incredible shot where like we are standing. So the cameraman must have been standing on the opposite side of the pool. And he's like zooming in, and as he's zooming in, the girl in the mask is f- running toward him. And then all of a sudden, the camera shot changes, and we see him clocking her in the side of the head with the uh, golf club. Such a, just a memorable shot. I thought was done so well. Uh, that
3: was the that was the, that, the the part of the movie. I was like, yes, uh, do it again.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. That shot was so satisfying that oh, no. you know, it's the first damage that these guys incur. And right. uh Yeah. Oh yeah, like it was it was almost like a a stress reliever, like a break mm-hmm. in everything. Because everything's at a crescendo and it's yep. finally like a point for the good guys. Right.
0: And I feel like it's so cool because it's seconds after the lights get turned on, like Melissa was talking about, you we were talking about. And uh it's just that moment is so fantastic because it's just what an incredible sight! And then this comes immediately after. Honestly, I thought that he might have, that he might have do that trick where he actually hit his sister. Like somehow they put his sister in there and she came running oh, and he hit her. That one of those like, things, like,
1: like the death in dead snow, where the guy kills his exactly,
0: girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not the po- not the case, and I'm glad it's not because it would have felt a little cheap. But. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. And then totally it's you know, total eclipse of the heart is going on in the background with him while he's fighting the uh man in the mask.
3: <laughs> my wife was it's just, so pissed oh, at that. She's like, This is a terrible use of that song.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it was so amazing. I love oh, that.
3: I yeah.
2: loved it. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Yes. Yeah. I liked I mean, it too. And it and it's a- The music a section... video
2: is so creepy, so it's so good to have additional creepage oh. with us. Right.
1: <laughs> And it's the second time in this arc where a movie actually uh, uses this song too, right? Yeah. It was used in Dead Snow too. Uh um, yeah, brought a
0: tear to your eye the first time,
1: and, and the second time, I like I watched this in theaters, mm-hmm. and I, I, man, it gave me goosebumps. Like, it's yeah. my favorite scene in the film. Mm-hmm. It's done so well, and it's it's also heartbreaking, you know? Right? Yeah, I I, I love the sequence. I think between the neon palm trees. Yes. Um, the music and then just the the the, it, the carnage the violence that you it's it's contrasting it's it's perfect
0: yeah now i know mark you, this was like episode 2 i think it was so or maybe episode 1 actually of the sin podcast um but this reminded me of spring breakers have you seen okay. spring
1: breakers mark <laughs> yes yes i've seen spring breakers yeah i
0: know ask you did but yeah it totally reminded me of of spring breakers just that use of the neon lights in kind of a weird setting uh yeah. but just so fucking awesome. Obviously Spring Breakers didn't have the violence necessarily that this did at at that moment that I'm thinking of, but Yeah. God, I need to see Spring Breakers again. That movie is so amazing.
1: But anyway. It's really good.
0: But back to uh Pray at Night. So, that shot they stayed on the brother while he was what I presumed he was dying at that point. They stayed on him so long. I was like I was just, I was dumbstruck by how long they actually just focused on him bleeding out. And then all of a sudden, obviously at the end, she shows back up and, and pulls him out of the pool. But I was, I was very impressed by that long take, which everyone knows I love long takes, but I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. And I just, it, it it's the perfect amalgamation of everything I, I like in a horror movie, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, when I think of this film, I think of that scene.
0: Right. I can uh, perhaps for for good reason. Then we get a cop here and we almost get like a inside um ref not reference really but b- almost because the uh cop shows up and then seconds later cop's gone. Uh they took care of that cop so fast it was crazy.
1: Yeah, I was actually surprised how quickly he died as well, but I'm also surprised that she didn't say anything. To him, that hey, a killer's creeping behind you. Well, uh, like, I understand she's in shock, but mm-hmm.
3: yeah, see, I thought it was shock, but she was like also hyper focused on
1: tunnel the vision. Cop. Yeah,
3: yeah, she's just mm-hmm. just on him.
0: Yeah, that's why yeah. I was able to explain it away as well.
2: I I liked that though too because I like that it brings you these moments of like. So you have the moment where the brother takes out one of the strangers, and there's that moment of triumph, which is which is actually pretty short in comparison to the length of his struggle in the water and then you have mm-hmm. the sister like abruptly pulling him out and then you have this other moment where you're like oh here's someone who's going to help them nope and so it's like a lot of ups <laughs> and downs and i really yeah. like that and it, but they're really well done they're not it's not in a cheap way um right. so yeah
0: no absolutely yeah it that, that up and down, I think is what keeps us, keeps us going through this one. And that's, it's so, like, the film's only 85 minutes and it, it moves so quickly. Uh, and I think that's, you know, part of the reason why is because there is so much, just so much up and down, so much of a roller coaster with these characters. I love that. Um, oh, one thing that bugs me was the fact that I, I, that they wanted us to believe that the cop took the keys out of the car. Like, I've seen cops around here, at least, that will go into a store and buy something from, like, the gas station and leave their car on. Like, when they used to come to my bank, they would leave the car running outside there, outside the bank. Like, the idea that he was going to get out for, like, 30 seconds and pick this girl up and he was going to turn the car off and take the keys, that that bugged me a little bit. Again, I was into it enough, I'd let it go, but.
2: Yeah, Mark pointed out the same thing when we were watching it.
1: Yeah. yeah, like they'll leave their car idling forever. So exactly, just f- like in case um, some shit happens, then you can take right. off right away.
3: Yeah, well, and that's usually the thought. I, mean, uh, I don't know it, it. It leads to a good moment, and mm-hmm. that and that kind of reminded me uh, actually of the, um, isn't it? Scream they do that. Yeah, Ghostface killer has the Sydney. keys. Yeah, yeah. And I was expecting Definitely her to fuck homage. with her in the car. Yeah, but right. then they didn't. So. I don't
0: know. yeah yeah, and then it's the right it's basically what you're saying of like what it sets up, I can forgive it because it sets up such a cool thing with the shotgun, um first, the shotgun blast right to the fucking chest was amazing i I loved it, I was cheering cheering it on um and but then and then the idea that she took the shotgun blast to the chest and then was still able to say, why not i was that was like, okay, whatever, but again. I'm going with it, whatever, because uh, you get the, why are you doing this? And she says, why not? Um, and then you get that long shot and then the boom. And I was literally clapping out. Like I – it was so awesome. So uh, – what's what, uh, the satisfaction? What is the word I'm thinking of? Gratifying? Uh, fulfilling. Gratifying. Thank ah, you. Yes. yes. God, I loved it.
1: Yeah, that was that was a pretty cool thing. Like, w- there's one thing that she has actually able to use the gun, but then the fact that she actually shot her a second time to second keep her time. down. Yes, you're know, like double tap, always yes. double tap. Double, so. Exactly. As, nobody
3: watched Zombieland for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I I really enjoyed that. It was yeah. very satisfying.
0: Um, and then you again, you think everything's good. She gets in the car. Air Supply is playing. Actually, I think Air Supply is going to play in a second. Um. And then boom, the pop, the lights pop up right behind her, and it's just like this. They are relentless. Man in the mask is relentless, and he just fucking plows into her. And then when he pull, they just stare at each other as he's sitting next to her. And that's when you're hearing um, air supply playing. And then he just pulls around and hits her from the side, and it's like oh my god. And he he tries to do it a third time, and then she like plops out the side, and like she like hits her head cement first as she plops out the side i was like damn that had to hurt from the actor's standpoint because i swear she hit the head she hit like cement her head cement on the cement first before her body did um but it was just so it was so much but it worked so well um leading up to this fiery explosion and oh god just the ending is so much fun so much fun
1: yeah, it's like he's playing with her at this point because mm-hmm. it's really just her versus him.
0: Exactly, and
1: he's got this this god uh, ego god complex, thing going yeah. on, right? Exactly, the god complex where like she's in his world, and you know the car crashes are, are horrifying as it is, but then when like you know, he speeds past her and then swerves yeah. and then turns, and hits from the side. And she's able to uh, take care of business, you know, mm-hmm. with the, with the lighter and the gas explosion and then getting against a oh night God, sky yeah. and it's beautifully lit. It's oh, just
0: such an, awesome it's a
1: shot. nice thing to see on the big screen. Yeah.
0: Her walking away with that inferno behind her was just amazing. And then, uh, yeah. the and then we get
1: the
3: Christine homage. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I literally wrote down, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, like, I, I don't care that it's absurd that he's survived all this and the truck is still able to drive after it's like i don't care like the results are totally worth it the music playing in the background the way it kind of goes out um Mm -hmm. and the shots that he's creating like the most blatantly obvious homage to texas chainsaw massacre which i absolutely fucking loved um and then that that homage the tcm keeps going because then she jumps into the back of the truck and like i was waiting for him to do a fucking axe dance you know like uh, leatherface does the chainsaw dance um, yep. it's just, Oh, so great. The, uh, the special effects on man in the mask with his hands being burned, pulling the glass out of him. So brutal. Um, Oh, it's just, God, I, I just, I love that so fucking much, man. It's like what everything I love about, about film was right there.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to be a horror fan and not like this film because it does right. take the best parts of like the last exactly. 30 years and just puts it into a 90 minute blender.
0: Right man oh man uh and then and then finally that you get the ending um and they obviously they they survive they're in the hospital uh she wakes she kind of gasps awake um and what i like about this is that even though they quote unquote won what this to me is she hears someone knock at the door and she freaks out and to me it's kind of like a ptsd thing like, this is something that she could be fucking, like, messing with for the rest of her fucking life. And that is just totally. a really dark way to end it.
1: hmm Yeah, she's always, like Laurie Strode, you know, she's always going right. to have to look, always going to have to look over her shoulder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, but at least, you know, in this film... You know, she might suffer from BTSD, but she did kill the demons after her. Right. Like she did. It's not like these guys are going to come back to life like like a lower strode. Like these guys are dead. She survived. Mm -hmm. But now she's got survivor's guilt because her parents are dead. Right. Because it's on her because of her bad attitude. Right.
0: So I really I, I, I thought the ending fit the whole overall theme of the film really, really well. So any other thoughts you want to talk about? from this one or should we move on to our final thoughts
1: Uh, let's go to our final thoughts
0: okay so ash what are your final thoughts and your star rating for the strangers pray at
3: night I I, I was honestly after the trailer I was not expecting much out of this movie um, even with Christina Hendricks in it Uh, anyway um, (laughs) but uh, no I thought it was it was really put together well I like the homages uh, I like that they're not straight up homages and ripping them off. They're actually doing something slightly different with it, uh, you know, to propel their own story forward. Um, I liked that uh, they did new and interesting things with it. I mean, you know the they're still getting you know they're still terrorizing the people, but they they're doing it in different ways than they did from the first film. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot to like about this movie. Um, it. It got a little slow. I know you love the tracking long shots, but I thought there was a couple mm-hmm. of them that were just too long. It's just like, okay, come on, guys. The the mailbox was one of them. That just irked the hell out of me. <laughs> um, but overall, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so I'm gonna go out there and give it... I'm gonna give it three out of four. Excellent. So three stars from uh, Ash.
0: And what about you, Mark? What are your Final thoughts and star rating for *Pray at Night?
1: When I first uh, sat down to watch the film, when I got the free passes, I'm like, oh, great. The free passes. I don't have to pay to watch this. Um, (laughs) Next thing I know, I leave the theater and I am in love with this film. Um, I think it probably might even crack my top five or six this year. Um, I didn't... There's not one moment that I didn't like. Um, I wished it was maybe a little more um, gore at the beginning with the aunt and uncle, because we see their bodies at the end. I would have liked to see their deaths. Um, but apart from that, uh, this hit me in an all the right spots and uh, it's, it surpasses the original and surpasses a lot of the horror films I've seen this year. I give this four out of four stars.
0: Excellent. Four from Mark and Melissa, how about you? What are your final thoughts on your star rating for this one?
2: I think I'm more al- aligned with Ash on this one. I mean, I might have given it four stars if Christy had her top off, even like just yes! kind of <laughs> a little bit. Oh, that would have I mean, given an
3: instant four. That oh, that <laughs>
2: jean jean shirt, whatever she had going on, it was it was a lot. Um, I was really uncomfortable <laughs> with it. I felt like she was uncomfortable in it and being a busty woman myself, I know that it's uncomfortable to wear shirts like that. And it really, it just really didn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, I mean, as much as I loved so much of the nostalgia feelings, the color saturation, the music, um, I would agree that there were things that just like drug on too long. And I mean, just like Mark will tell you generally, they're really long. So the 85 minutes that, that was good. It was solid. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess a three out of four. Though I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna like call you guys on a scale out of four is kind of annoying because that's like percentages of like twenty five percent, and that's a really mm-hmm. difficult to get a, like a good like I think a five out of a five is is a more accurate. But what, whatever, whatever. Yeah,
0: three so let four. me tell you, let me tell you about that. So when I started <laughs> uh, the website, I, it was the Movie Files is what it was called. It was just me and uh i was using a five star scale when i actually started writing reviews and the website i wrote for uh we used a five star scale so that's what i was using um and then i started reading kind of like you know quote unquote professional critics like roger ebert i was reading a lot of roger ebert um and and um uh, uh, uh malton and and things like that and i saw they used a four star scale so i was like okay well to kind of make it uh, a more professional look i'm going to switch to a four star scale and so I switched to a four-star scale. Now, everything out there uses a five-star scale. And so like, I want to move <laughs> back to a five-star scale, but we, I have literally hundreds and hundreds of reviews that are now at a four-star scale that it would be an absolute pain in my ass to switch it back to a five-star. <laughs> so I'm with you. I would like to go because Letterbox I mean- is so popular now. I'd like to go back to that five-star because it's just easier um, to you keep can- it all kosher. I mean- but I'm
2: giving you this opportunity now. I mean, you could just be like, listen, we listen to women here instead of fussing to hear their feelings. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, you could Netflix it and just go with a thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. Up th- you mentioned right. Ebert, right? So, yep, exactly. I, I did mean, not put her up
1: to this. I, I, this is, I'm shocked <laughs> that uh, this was brought up tonight. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I had nothing to do with this. Uh, right. I washed my hands of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes, but I, but you're uh, – Yard. I know that's not
2: true because Mark doesn't wash his hands,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> what? He does sound gross like that. That makes sense. It all kind of comes full not circle. not true.
2: I'm the gross one in this relationship, <laughs> we're going to be honest.
1: Hey, hon, oh. can you come smell this? I don't know if it's me or cheese. <laughs> it's
2: probably something oh, I left in the bedroom.
1: <clears throat> Taste it, babe.
2: Gosh.
1: Taste it. Oh, gross. <laughs> I don't know what this tastes like.
0: Oh, man. But yeah, so noted, um, but I don't think it's going to be changing anytime <laughs> soon just because it's. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so for my. So, as you guys know, because uh, we already reviewed it here on the show, The Strangers is one of my favorite home invasion films out there. And frankly, one of my favorite horror films, period. That said, The Strangers Pray at Night absolutely blew me away. And it's arguably mm-hmm. an even better film for me. Um, I've been, I've been waiting for the sequel for 10 years. I saw the original Strangers opening weekend, and as I've said a thousand times, I didn't really like it that much. Then I ended up watching it again once it hit home video, and that's when I fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've just been waiting for this threesome to return, and this was even better than I could have ever imagined. Uh, the cinematography. The music, the sound editing, the special effects, the lighting, the homages to other classic slasher films, the fact that they tried something different with this one, taking it out of the house and into a whole trailer park, and, and the kills, my God, the kills. All of this comes together to create an absolutely fantastic horror film I'm I, that I'm absolutely in love with. I would have loved if the directors stole uh, a bit of the subtle shots from the original instead of kind of pointing out every moment when the strangers are in the shot somewhere. But I don't even really care because the rest of it more than makes up for that small piece of criticism. I'm so glad that I ended up purchasing this one instead of wasting money on a rental because uh, I wrote this last night. I can genuinely not wait to watch it again and again. And I ended up watching it again today um, uh, f- before we started recording and it-, it holds up just as well the second time. So The Strangers play at- Pray at Night, it- it's bloody fantastic. So I'm giving it four out of four stars. I'm with you on this one, Mark.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Absolutely. So out of curiosity, Mark, you own the Blu-ray, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Did you happen to watch uh, the alternate ending?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. I wanted to do that today and I didn't get a chance to.
0: Gotcha. So one thing I'm a little disappointed about, <laughs> this Blu-ray only has like four special features and they're all under three minutes and there's no commentary track at all. It is a very bare bones Blu-ray. Yeah. Um and the quote unquote behind the scenes shit is really more like a trailer. Like there's like three of them, but they mostly, they really play like trailers. Like you don't really learn anything. So it was really disappointing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the alternate ending, so it's in the same exact, it's the same ending. Um, and there's a knock at the door and she drops the cup of water. Um, but in the alternate ending, the door pops open and there's nobody standing there. And we're just looking down this long, empty hospital hallway and then all of a sudden, at the very end of the hallway, the lights go out. And then every, you know, like the lights keep going out until it gets to the door. Uh, and the light goes out right at the door. And then the light goes out in the room and we hear her scream. And one thing I forgot to mention is when the door pops open, you see the smiley face on the door.
1: Oh, um, wow.
0: And so I, that ending, I think, takes it in a different direction. I liked the ending they went with here better than that alternate so I'm glad they went with the uh, the one they did because I really like that PTSD idea yeah, yeah I would agree the
2: alternate ending would have like really pissed me off yeah because it's almost taking it
0: it almost takes it supernatural which I don't want yeah. with this because it's yeah. the exact opposite of that for me but yeah so the special features this not even auto fairy so yeah the blu-ray disappointing but I don't care still worth it um, because the movie's, movie's you know good enough to make the blu-ray worth it alone but all right, so that is going to do it for our Summer Sequels 2018 arc. And so now that the summer is coming to an end and we are all the way through this arc, where are we going from here? Well, I'm glad you asked because we think we have an awesome answer for that. Actually, what we're going to do now is announce our next two arcs because um, both of them are a bit shorter than we normally do, but they are related The relevant, and most importantly, they should be an absolute blast to discuss. So, first up on the docket is going to be a trilogy. But this is a trilogy that is connected by theme and tone instead of characters or story. We're going to take a look at John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. Now, if you don't know what this is, it consists of three of Carpenter's films. So, uh, the first one. From 1982, The Thing, then The Prince of Darkness from 1987, and finally In the Mouth of Madness from 1994. So I am super excited about this because I've only actually seen one of these three, but I own them all on Blu-ray thanks to Screen Factory, Um, and it gives me a couple steps closer to completing Carpenter's Filmography, which is something that I've been wanting to do for years now. So, you know, And, and frankly, any excuse to talk about The Thing is a positive, so this should be a really fun arc. I am... I'm looking forward to this so much.
1: Yeah, I've uh, seen them all before. Uh, <laughs> okay, but, but they're fun to watch. So yeah. I'm excited. And you know what? I don't have thing on Blu-ray. Uh, so are you just kidding? My yeah, I, I, I just got the uh, DVD. I, own... uh, I want... yeah, I've got like the the 20th anniversary
3: DVD or 30th anniversary DVD, whatever it was. When I
2: oh so... so weird, babe. I thought you had the thing in your pants. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of thought that but
0: <laughs> uh, the thing is the movie i own the most i own the dvd and i held on to the dvd because it has the um special effects documentary that's like a 90 minute documentary that nothing else up to that point had it but i also own the blu-ray like the original blu-ray that came out which is really bare bones i think it has a commentary track and that's it and then scream factor released the um the thing on Collector's Edition so I own that and then Arrow Video released the 4K transfer on their Blu-ray and so I own that so I own the thing on three Blu-rays and one DVD it's ridiculous
1: yeah I want the Arrow release uh, just because my buddy Ian has a commentary track on it
0: oh okay yeah yeah, so I'm hoping to watch that one a couple of times because I've not actually watched it with a commentary track. I've seen the movie a lot, but now watched watch it with a commentary track. So, And I've actually discussed this on a podcast way back when, I too, so it's actually it my them. second time discussing the thing. So I'm excited. And the first time was really short, so this will be fun to have one of our the, long um, discussions on it.
3: The commentary track, doesn't one of the editions, I remember watching it, one of the editions has Carpenter and Russell talking together, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's supposed to be like one of the greatest commentary tracks ever made. And, yeah, because
1: you can uh, hear, hear uh, Carpenter smoking during the track. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that or its reference or something, but uh, okay. it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. So I'm hoping I can – I hope it's on one of my four releases, which I think it is. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but it's still fitting that we're going from Stranger's Spray at Night into a Carpenter trilogy. And then from there – so. Okay, so with these, we're obviously we're on our, our bi-weekly release schedule, so that means that that arc, the Apocalypse Trilogy, should take us up through the second week in October. Well, what big-name horror franchise is releasing a film in the third week of October? Halloween. So in honor of that release, we're going to be reviewing Carpenter's original film from 1978 on October 22nd, and then since this f- new film takes place right after the original, kind of uh, ignoring the rest of the series... We're going to jump right into the 2018 Halloween, and we're going to do a special Halloween Day release on October 31st, so about a week and a half after the film releases in theaters, which I believe it releases on the 19th. So um, hopefully that gives everyone enough time to hit the theaters to see this highly anticipated genre release before you can load up our show on Halloween morning. So this is... um, Uh, Of course, all subject to change, as it always is, um, but especially now, just given circumstances. So um, that's the ideas that we are uh, planning, and we are hoping to stick with the schedule as close as possible. But obviously, you know, follow us on social media. If anything changes, we will post it there. So uh, I'm excited to sell because I cannot wait to see this new Halloween film, and uh, I love Carpenter. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, the the closer I get to it, the more excited I'm getting.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so that's going to do it for this week and this arc. So, like I said, assuming everything goes according to plan, um, and again, who knows if it will, but if it does, our next episode will be live on Monday, September 10th, where we'll be reviewing John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. So, as always, you can reach out to us by us by finding Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com, and you can give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us on social media, so please don't be shy. Tell us what you think about the show and share any suggestions you might have for future arcs, Um, any films that we should be watching, books we should be reading, graphic novels we should be buying, anything. Let us know. And another reminder that if you do like what you're hearing, please leave us a review, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever else you might be listening. Those positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, so we thank you for that and for telling your friends about the show.
3: So, Ash, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Uh, I haven't been as active just because I've been moving, Uh, but uh, you can find me on Twitter
1: and Tumblr at D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Excellent. And what about you, Mark? You can catch me on Letterboxd and on Instagram at mnedo02.
0: Perfect. And how about you, Melissa? Where else can our f- listeners find you online?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as uh, Sassy Muffin. Don't scroll either in the you know in mixed company; they're a little scandalous. <laughs>
1: my baby's racy
0: <laughs> well fantastic and you can find me on my personal twitter feed and on letterbox under simon1 that's p-s-y-m-i-n-1 all right so melissa thank you so much for joining us it was a blast having you on the show hopefully you had some fun
2: yeah thanks guys
0: absolutely mark thanks for uh, for bringing her on with us it was it was awesome and thank you ash for for joining us again we missed you the past couple of weeks so I was glad to have you back
1: No
0: did. not I know Mark didn't. (laughs) No, he kept saying you were dead last week. He kept saying R I P Ash. What? Yeah, I had to correct him a bunch. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Oh man. All right. So we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening to episode one hundred and thirty six of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time.